everybody, this is the Classic Gaming Podcast. I'm Robert Ring. That was Alone in the Chaos with our intro music. This is June 25th, episode 61. With me are Blake Corey. Hey, that's my name. I know that dude. That dude owes and me Jay money. Tot- I, I know him also. And Jay Totoro. What's up? So, uh, the GOG sale ended, and now we got a Steam sale on our hands. I was going to say, didn't the Steam sale? Steam sale? You know what I mean? You got it. You can do that it. ten you times fast. I, I can't. No, we're not going to play this game. <laughs> we'll play this game, though. <laughs> did, you guys, right. I, did either of y'all buy anything? No, I haven't bought a no. damn thing. Someone gifted me a game, though. Um, oh, cool. Starward Rogue. Yeah, yeah. So it's a roguelike. Top-down shooter, uh, very much like Isaac, Enter the Gungeon. What's it called? Uh, Star Wars Rogue. Yeah. Okay. I got uh, in the GOG sale, I grabbed, aside from the games we talked about last time that I got Jagged Alliance and Honey Pop, I got... Stop it. I won't go... I won't go. No. We're not playing this I'll game. Go, I won't go through everything, but uh, I got the Star Trek. They had a Star Trek bundle. It's got two Star Trek point-and-click adventure games and two other Star Trek games. Tharsis, are, they, are, they, are they ones you've played huh? before, the point-and-clicks? No, I haven't, I haven't played any of them. Okay. Tharsis and Invis- Invisible Ink. Um, on Steam, I bought Life is Strange. Nice. And Yeah, I know you liked that game a lot. It, 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 I don't like it as much as I did at first, like... It kind of loses its flavor after a while, unfortunately. Okay. Well, I've heard oh, yeah. a lot of good things about it, so I figured on sale. Cool. It's definitely worth the play. It. And then uh, Party Hard. Have you guys heard of Party Hard? But apparently, you're like a mass murderer who, like, people have loud parties, and you try to, and you go to the parties and kill everybody because you're like, because you're like sick of their shit. That's all I know. Oh heard. yeah, it sounds like me in high school. It's similar to. Uh... It reminds a lot of people of Hotline Miami with the top-down aspect, yeah. and you're walking around and you're trying to kill a bunch of people. But it's it's like Hotline Miami without the uh, soundtrack, uh, with a bunch of weird, crazy, silly ways to kill people, and less of a storyline or yeah, storyline. I, I haven't played it yet, but that but from my understanding, that's that is exactly right. Yeah, yeah, nailed it. Um. So I guess now is the part of the podcast where uh, our our weekly update on Mighty Number no. Nine news. Oh Lord, no! What <laughs> sucks to suck? Uh, yeah, it sucks to suck. That sums it up. <laughs> Moving on. No, so, I'm kidding. No. So oh, apparently, God. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say. Mighty Number no. Nine finally did come out as uh, as promised, and uh, the reviews have been. Mixed at best. <laughs> and uh, critically panned. Mixed negative. <laughs> a negative mixture of reviews. Yeah, yeah it ranges from this Push. is the worst game ever to this sucks. To I killed myself after playing this game. Like, I don't know. And there were still some problems like on a few consoles. Like, with an, like an Xbox 360, like that version was delayed because they had some trouble... Some trouble, uh, like getting it through, like the approval process or, or something along those lines. And it hasn't come out on any of the mobile platforms yet, I believe. Is that right? Do you got? Can you guys back me up on that one? Yeah, I think that's true. There's rumors uh, that it is uh, bricking Wii U's 
Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about I that as well. Yeah. I don't. I didn't want to say that because I've heard like one. No, I've heard of it as a person. rumor. This one yeah. isn't confirmed. I don't know this if this one's actually been happening. Might just be people exaggerating it a bit just to make it more. Yeah, but <laughs> it does have incredible problems on the Wii U as is. The <laughs> the load time problems might make people think their Wii U's have been bricked. Oh, <laughs> the Wii U's uh, load times for Mighty Number no. Nine are terrible. It's something like fifteen to twenty seconds every time there's a load screen. What? Yeah, it's god-awful. It's like, uh, whatchamacallit, Chrono Trigger on uh, On PlayStation, yeah. (laughs) Robert knows about that. Yeah. uh, (laughs) The two things... So I watched not a a complete playthrough, but I watched, like, someone playing it for a little while. And the two things that stood out to me are, one, the in-game explosions actually do look like the CGI, like the cutscene pizza explosions. Funny enough, I've watched a few people streaming it, and... In movement, the explosions don't look as bad, but if you take a snapshot of them and just look at the explosion, mm. you have to wonder how the fuck this game made it out of development and got $4 million. Yeah, that's I think that's it. Me. It just does – honestly, it doesn't look like the worst game ever. It's got a lot of launch issues as far as uh, the thing – just the way it runs, how often it just doesn't work. Even on the Wii U, it has problems where uh, it will just lock up. Uh, it won't read your controller, and tons and tons of other dumb, stupid issues. Well, Aside great, from great. those kind of things, though, the game doesn't look as bad. Uh, what I didn't know when I got hands-on with it yet last year at TwitchCon is that when you stun the enemies, I've talked about this a few times on the podcast, what will happen is you'll shoot an enemy four or five times or something, and then you dash through them. Because they get stunned, and when you dash through them, you get, like, a bonus. I didn't know that at the time. But if you keep shooting them, then you kill them. So uh, that actually does change the gameplay aspect of it some to me. I've also watched most of the boss fights in the game, and the boss fights are just slow. The whole game (laughs) feels so slow. Some of the other problems it has are uh, instant death popping up from off-screen. Like, you can't know about it until you die to it. <laughs> really? Which the old Mega Man games did run into sometimes, but they were generally okay about it. Mega Man 3 was kind of a dick. Uh, Mega Man 2 was fine. Mega Man 2 never really got into that. Mega Man 3 is where that started, and I think the series kept it up to some varying degree from there on out. But this game is pretty bad about that stuff. It looked like... I... I mean, like, I'm with you. I don't think... For the most part, like the pizza explosions, when like they don't look as bad as they did in the cutscenes that we saw because they don't just because mostly because they don't last as long. But like, they don't last as long, and they're in different positions. We get they're from different angles here. But I don't. Th- I think <laughs> like the graphics look so dull to me. Like oh, they're they're, they're not they're, bad. Graphics are not good. Like don't get me wrong, I'm not defending the overall graphic design of the game either. It's not very good. And, like, the level design just is, like, bore, like, so, like, the game just looks so boring. Like, it's like, here's a little ledge, now you gotta jump up on this ledge and shoot these boxes to keep going. Alright, you got that, alright, now there's a bad guy. Alright, now there's another bad guy. Like, there's nothing interesting about, like, I wonder, like, what they're, it seems like they were like, alright, we got a guy who looks like Mega Man, he can, like, get new abilities like Mega Man. All right, now let's just kind of, like, throw some levels together. 
and, and we're done. Like, it's like they thought about the Mega Man aspects of it, but like not the level design aspects of, of Mega Man games. Yeah, it's one of those games that, uh, from, from what I've seen, yeah, I'd agree. The levels don't feel right. And I, the ledge grabbing, I'm not a big fan of that at all. Um, it's a very boring, uh, platforming mechanic when it's executed like it is here. Cause like, you'll reach the end of a room and then instead of just jumping onto another, another platform, they put more in your way to get up to the next platform. The, and it's not interesting stuff at all. It's just you jumped up and grabbed the ledge and then you climbed up to the ledge above that <laughs> and grabbed that one and then climbed up again. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't want to beat it to death. It does. It it looks like the game looks pretty boring, but it doesn't look like offensively bad. From yeah. What I've seen for the pr- what's the price on it? Is it thirty bucks? Uh, ooh, I don't know. I gotta find out. I think it's thirty. Which it's it's definitely not even a thirty dollar game. Twenty would be okay if it didn't have all of the launch issues it's had as well. On top of every other silly. It's issue. twenty. Is it twenty? Yeah. All right, that's not terrible. Uh, but it still has a lot of problems of controllers not working. Um, let me try to find one person here who ha- was having a, an absolute ton of issues. If I can remember who it was in my timeline, I think it was this guy. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he summarized it very well with all of the problems that the game has had just on day one of launch of controllers not working and the uh like re- i think there was something with resolutions and it crashing out <laughs> stupid stupid shit so unfortunate <laughs> for all of us yeah it, because it when really it first is. got announced i was looking forward to it and now yeah this is what we got after the last 2 years how was that how long it was delayed i don't know if it was delayed 2 years Okay, I know I, yeah, I think it started up two years ago. Okay, estimated estimated delivery was uh, April 2015, so it was delayed a little over one year. A little over one year, okay. And this is what the extra year got us, this product. This is what one extra year and more than three times their goal got us. Yeah. Uh... And now maybe we can stop talking about it on every single episode. <laughs> That'll we'll see. Happy. No guarantees. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Uh, oh, okay. The only other thing that I have for us to talk about, Blake, you probably know more about this than anybody. Uh, E3 news. Any any notable oh, stuff? Oh, jeez. Uh, wow. To us? <laughs> I wish you hadn't dumped all this on me. Uh, <laughs> let me pull up a thing really quick. E3. Zelda looked pretty cool. Announcements. Let's try that. Uh, the new Zelda seems like it could have a lot of potential, yeah. The new God of War, a lot of people are hyped for. It's Honestly, okay. I think it was one of the better games I saw there. Uh, out of the PC conference, two get huge things to me personally. They're not big overall, but they're big to me. Um, a new Dawn of War game, Dawn of War 3. Is it an yes. RTS? Yep. Okay, cool. I, uh, I'm trying to remember what they said about Sweet. it. I think it's going to be between... Dawn of War 1 and Dawn of War 2 in terms of games. games are really, really... Robert, have you ever played Dawn of War? I was trying to play one of those uh, this past couple weeks. I was having trouble Yeah, we talked about it last time. I played a little bit of... of uh, 
Warhammer, uh, Warhammer 40K, think, yeah. 40K, yeah. Dawn of War, whatever. Uh, that's about it. But I, but I, really I, I didn't. I played it for like an hour and and like I didn't get that far. Like not because I didn't like it, yeah. but I just ended up not getting very. They're a very unique taste on or take on RTSs. I feel like there's a lot of really cool aspects to them. Uh, we of course had the Kojima announcement, who came out and oh yeah, trailer that showed us absolutely nothing at all. Dude. It's still pretty cool though. It was pretty cool though. It's like, yeah, he's working on something. We all knew that. I like how people were about his uh, icon for his company. People were like, oh, is this a new title you're working on? He's like, no, it's just, <laughs> just the logo. It's just the logo. Well, the funny thing about the icon is that it's thematically it's very similar to what happened with um with his, with the with Solid Snake and the Snake characters throughout the Metal Gear games and his own design for his company logo, uh, it's yeah uh, the the transition between the two when he was working for them and when he wasn't and how it mirrored the company logos and the icon mm-hmm. for his company when he left there. Uh, if we, it's actually kind of interesting if anybody out there wants to look it up. It's difficult to explain. It's a visual thing, so you have to see it. Um, um, what else do we have here? I thought I thought the like teasers looked really cool. Like just I, I mean it didn't yeah, show us anything about the game, about but <laughs> we don't know anything about it. Yeah. But we do know it's like okay, it's something totally different. It's something totally like surreal looking. All right, cool. Okay, now I'm excited. Like just enough to like say okay, no, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm kind of excited. I can get excited about this. Uh, and the last thing I will actually close out on Dynasty Warriors Berserk Berserk Musou. I'm a huge Berserk fan. I didn't see this. Uh, it wasn't really announced at E3. It happened like oh. uh, during E3, and it was kind of part of it. Uh, so Dynasty Warriors and the Berserk manga slash anime are getting mashed together, and I could not be happier. This is the perfect setting for Berserk games. Yeah, it really is. By, that does sound cool. Uh, done by the, well, the graphics look nuts, dude. It's so fucking good. It's the graphics look insane. Yeah. Oh, my, I would definitely play this, 100%. <laughs> no question about it. This yeah, looks like, um, what was that MMO, that Korean MMO that everybody got into for like two weeks? Uh, Blade and Soul? No, uh. Um, about Black Desert? Black Desert Online? No, it's a little bit older. Mm, I can't think of Terra? it. I'll come back. Yeah, Terra. That's what the gameplay looks like. Like very combo oriented. Okay. So yeah, it's just a Dynasty Warriors game with a Berserk skin and uh, the Berserk plot and everything, and there could not be a better pairing. This is exactly what a Berserk game should be. Uh, in Berserk, Guts goes around, he's known as the Hundred Man Slayer, he swings a sword that's 2,000 times bigger than he is, it's essentially just a giant <laughs> cluster sword. Fire. This is where... <laughs> it kind of looks like it, too. That's what I was saying. His name's Batosa, by the way. What? His first name is Batosa, the Man Slayer. No, that's a different guy. I'm trolling you. Face. Not to mention, his name is Roman. Jay just got, Jay just got schooled and tried to play it off like he was just joking. What the hell? Let's talk about fucking Ray Kitchen. that from you, Robert. You've shown it off enough on the podcast. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. So, yeah, for me, personally, game of E3 is Dynasty Warriors Berserk. It doesn't get any better than that. The Zelda oh, game does look really interesting, by the way. Yeah, uh, it looks like it's a lot of promise, too. It does have a lot of promise. It's as long as they can fix the giant, empty open world aspect. So they also announced Breath of the Wild, the new Legend of Zelda game. It's a dungeon crawler Zelda. It's a giant open world Zelda that 
one of the things that the dev said is actually makes me even more interested in the game. He said something along the lines of, yes, people will be able to go to the end of the game very early if they find it, if they know where it is, but the area is going to be very difficult, so good luck to them trying to do trying to beat the game that quickly. So essentially what that sounds like is that the speed run of the game potentially could be about 15 Oh, minutes. that'd be so fun to yeah, watch, yeah. dude. That'd be really cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other big announcement, um, <laughs> literally last one, we're done after this. I forgot about this one. This one was very, very interesting to me. The new Resident Evil was announced, and oh, it right. looks creepy as hell. It doesn't look like it's the dumb, action-y Resident Boom. Evil that we got yeah. between Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6. 5 and 6 especially were bad about it. There's no boulder punching here or anything. This is just uh, – the trailer that we've seen is a very atmospheric – dark heavy evil feeling game and it doesn't a lot of people are saying that they feel like it goes back to the roots i think this is way darker than resident evil has ever been sick shows a lot of of, could be good i heard a lot about it but i didn't see anything yeah there was a playable trailer for it much like the playable trailer for what was going to become silent hill uh with uh, kojima and guillermo del toro but Resident Evil 7 kind of said, hey, playable trailer, cool, let's do that ourselves. And I watched someone play through it. Seems, uh, as long as the real game isn't uh, doesn't have some of the stupid stuff from the demo, this should be a very good game if they can keep up that kind of atmosphere. Does it look like it's like it's actually going to be kind of scary or or just like just dark and creepy? Uh, or is it like amnesia, like scary, like actually scary, scary, scary. Like your shit? Huh? What would you mean by scary? Because a lot of people... Like amnesia or something like that? More yeah. horrifying than, than jump like Outlast. scares. Yeah, yeah. Outlast. Like, it, didn't, yeah. it definitely had some jump scares, but it has a lot of atmosphere to it. Yeah. Just okay. from the trailer, so... Okay. Yeah, it's got promise. Nice. I'm watching a trailer right now. It actually looks a little bit... It actually looks pretty scary. All right, so on to video games. Uh... If it's okay with you guys, I would like to go second or last, or I mean, I'm sorry, first. <laughs> said that completely wrong. What? I'd like to go fir- first or second because uh, <laughs> mine's gonna take a long time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course oh. it is. I'm sorry, my throat's gonna need a little break after that and before we get to the top threes. So, uh, uh, but- I just finished talking about E3 for a thousand minutes. You can't do this to the listener. So, um, I'm sorry, but. I got I got a lot to say this time. This time? This time. This is different <laughs> than any other time? Yeah, how is this different than usual? Come on now. You want me, you want to just go ahead and go then? Sure, just get it All on. All right. This game I've been wanting to play for a long time. I asked for a uh well basically I ordered myself a uh boxed copy of it for Father's Day. And that game is Maniac Mansion. Uh Maniac Mansion came out 1987. For the Commodore 64, originally, the NES port came out in 1989. That's the version that I played. Um, and, of course, it is a LucasArts point-and-click adventure game. It's the first LucasArts point-and-click adventure game. Um, it's not the first LucasArts adventure game. There was one similar to the point-and-click format, but isn't really point-and-click, called Labyrinth, that came out uh, first. <coughs> Excuse me. But Maniac Mansion was their first point-and-click adventure game. So, uh, the backstory of Maniac Mansion 
excuse me, uh, is 20 years ago, a meteor lands near a, uh, a scientist's mansion. The scientist is Dr. Fred. Cuts to present day. Uh, a character named Dave, his girlfriend, Sandy Pants, has been kidnapped by Dr. Fred, the, the scientist. And you, uh, you play Dave and two other characters and you're going to the mansion. You're going to go break into the mansion and try to save his girlfriend, Sandy. You, there are seven kids to choose from, including Dave. You have to, uh, have Dave in your party. I say party like it's an RPG. You have to have Dave as one of your characters and then you pick two other characters to go with you in the mansion to, uh, to, you know, solve all the puzzles and save Sandy. There's like mostly, most of them are like, uh, high school archetypes. These are like supposed to be like high school kids. There's like the super nerd. There's like a surfer guy. There's a punk rock chick, stuff like that. For my game, for my playthrough, I chose, uh, Bernard, who is like, uh, like the, like the ultra nerd. I chose him because he's the only character from Maniac Mansion uh, that makes it into the sequel, Day of the Tentacle, which you probably know about because you've, if you didn't already know about it already, you've heard me talk about the game on the podcast. It's an amazing, one, possibly the best point-and-click game that LucasArts ever made. Um, and I say he's the only one who made it. He's the only playable character who made it into the Day of the Tentacle. All of the, uh, like, like Dr. Fred and all of the other inhabitants of the mansion are in Day of the Tentacle, but as far as playable characters go, uh, Bernard is the only one that's in both games. So I chose him, and I chose a girl named Wendy, who's like a, a writer, or like an aspiring writer. Uh, the characters you choose matter, because different characters have different general skills. It's not like you have like a, it's not like RPGs, where you have like skills and abilities and a skill tree. It's like, one guy will be able to do this action, and one guy will be able to do that. Like, Bernard, for instance, can fix uh, a radio at one point in the game. Things like that. Uh, one character can develop film at one point in the game. And so there, because there are these different characters with, with different general skills, uh, you'll have some puzzles, you'll have to solve some, pu some puzzles differently. Especially, this comes into play especially uh, near the end game. So, like, there are different ways to beat the game, and it all depends on the characters that you that you are playing with. Some characters can't do certain things. Some characters can only do certain things. So you start off the game with your three characters. You're outside the mansion. You go in. You start exploring, getting items, etc., just like you do in any uh, point-and-click adventure game. Sometimes, uh, sometimes when you're walking around the mansion, you'll come across one of the people who live in the mansion. So they're... The people who live in the mansion, there's, uh, there's of course Dr. Fred. Uh, he doesn't come into play much as far as game mechanics go until the very end. Mostly, for, for the, for the bulk of the game, the characters who you might come across are Nurse Edna, who's Dr. Fred's wife, Weird Ed, who is their son, and if you run into either of them, then they'll take you to the dungeon of the mansion. Uh, so if they're like out and walking, like sometimes they might be in like the kitchen or something, and if you go in there when they're there, then they'll take you and lock you in the dungeon. They also each have a bedroom, and if you walk into their bedroom, then most of the time they're in there, and uh, and they'll take you to the dungeon as well. So, as you can probably guess, in a game like this, there are times where you have to get an item out of their room. So you so so sometimes you have to do things that will distract them or make them leave their room, or in some cases make them not care that you're in their room. Uh, 
so that becomes its own mechanic as well. And if you get taken to the dungeon, that's not uh, game over or death for that character per se. There are ways to to uh, to break them out of the dungeon. It just kind of it's just kind of like a little thing that's like a little hard, like difficult thing that you have to do that you have to deal with. It's not really hard. It's just like oh crap, I got caught in the dungeon. Now I got to go have somebody get him out of the dungeon. Um, there's also uh, let's see, there's also Green Tentacle, who is in Day of the Tentacle, of course. Green Tentacle, uh, he's also hanging around the house. He's cool. He he will he won't capture you or take you to the dungeon if you ever come across him. But at a few points in the game, he'll like block your path and he won't let you go in a certain door until you bring him something. He'll be like, "I'm really hungry. I'm not gonna let you come in here until you bring me some food or like bring me a drink or something like that." And then if you give him what he wants and he lets you go wherever you want. Purple Tentacle, the uh, more prominent Tentacle character, the protagonist or the, I'm sorry, the antagonist in uh, the later Day of the Tentacle game. Purple Tentacle is also in this game. Uh, you don't see, just, just like Dr. Fred, you don't see Purple Tentacle or Dr. Fred very much until, uh, cl- closer to the end of the game, except for cutscenes that pop up from time to time. So, every once in a while, really just randomly, they're not scripted at any certain points in the game. It's kind of like they, you'll, ra- they just, every once in a while, it'll randomly cut out to a cutscene. You'll see Dr. Fred and Purple Tentacle talking about what they're doing. You see Sandy once or twice and how they're like exper- about to do experiments on her and that kind of stuff. They're, they're the more evil ones. Green Tentacle is generally nice. And then, as I said, Nurse Edna and Weird Ed will take you to the dungeon if you come across them. So, of course, the goal of the game is to save Sandy, who's in the uh, laboratory in the mansion, which is in the basement. So you're walking around the house trying to – first, you're trying to find out where she is and then how to get past the locked doors that are guarding the lab – uh, and then not only that, but then once you are able to get past those doors, then you have to figure out how to actually save Sandy because Dr. Fred and the tentacle and some other stuff is down there. So naturally, this is a point and click adventure game. This entails going all over the mansion to find keys to doors, find out codes to uh, keypad locked doors, figure out like what you can actually do to save her, that kind of stuff. Um, so, as I mentioned, this is a very early point-and-click adventure game. This is LucasArts' second adventure game, really their first point-and-click adventure game. So it does have some problems. It, there are some, uh, unlike most of their later games, there are you can get in unwinnable scenario situations where you might not know it, but you did something that screwed your game over, and there's no way for you to finish the game. There are actual uh, death states as well. Some of your character, well, your characters can die. I, I didn't have this happen to me. My understanding is in, in some situations, if you have one character die, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't still beat the game. Um, obviously, if all of them die, I mean, that pretty much speaks for itself. But death does not necessarily mean instant game over. Um, the other problem is saving frequently doesn't really help a whole lot because, uh, and I don't know if this is necessarily true on the Commodore and like Amiga versions and that stuff, but at least on the Nintendo version, you only have one game save. You don't have like multiple slots where you can have multiple saves. It's like, do you want to save your game? All right, yeah, it's saved. If you start over, you want to start a new game, you're erasing your save. If you load it, you're just loading the last time you saved. That's brutal. So, yeah, so that's a little that's a little brutal. That actually reminds me of a thing that happened to me with Final Fantasy One. I didn't play Final Fantasy 1 until I'd already played some other RPGs, I guess. Because when I went to play, uh, my cousin owned Final Fantasy 1, and so 
I went to play his copy of it at one point, and I played other games that had multiple save slots. So I thought, I'll start up my own save. And, <laughs> oh, no. uh Because, like, on the main menu, there's this thing. Uh, it was – it didn't make – like, I looked at it, and I was like, that doesn't even make sense. I wonder why that would be the multiple save file part. Because it's something like uh, volume game level. Continue. Yeah. No, it, yeah. There's so there's the only thing that you can change on the on that menu is something like volume settings or volume level or audio level or something like that. It's the text. So I changed it, it to it a different. Oh, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like zero okay. three. I, that's funny enough. That's the game I played for today. Oh so. no shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the games I played, but yeah, oh, it's, wow. uh, it's, okay. it's the this uh, the chat volume or the like when you're in combat, the text, how fast it goes through the, the yeah fights. yeah. So it's, it's like zero through eight, speed, I think something like that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's one through eight, maybe. But yeah. And so I changed that to a different number than he had it. And I went into the game and then I saved and I overrode his save where he had finally managed to get past Astos, the elf king. It's, the it's okay. Elf. He would have bumped his, his NES and reset his file anyways because I did that about a million times before. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Damn. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, single save files. That is cancer. That is. That's the death right there. So single save files, yeah. So you have to, like, save kind of often, but not too often. So, like, if you've heard us talk about, if, if you've if you've listened to the podcast very much, you know, obviously, unwinnable scenarios, those are, like, the, unforgi- the unforgivable sin of, uh, of point-and-click adventure games. I have to say, though, as much as these are usually deal-breakers for me, uh... This is probably the least offensive case of those things that I've seen uh, that I've played in a point-and-click adventure game. They're, they were less frustrating here than they have been in any other game I've played of this type where where you can run into those situations. Um, usually, when you come across a situation where you've done something that's ruined your game... It becomes it's 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 somewhat obvious that you've done something bad. At least at least playing it from a modern perspective, maybe maybe it wasn't so clear back when the first game came out or back when the game first came out. But like for me, I came I would I would do something and like so for so for example, there's one part of the game where you get a paint remover, and that's one of your items that you add to your inventory. Obviously, it's something you need for a puzzle. So I so I tried using it on like a, a paintbrush that was in my inventory to see if it did anything productive, and then I did it and my character said, "Well, that was a waste," and then the paint remo- the paint remover was gone. So I was like, "Okay, clearly nothing happened there. This may be kind of a clue that 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 I need to re that I need to reload my save because I'm I'm probably gonna need this paint remover sometime later on." Uh, I don't have it anymore, and the character is outright telling me that nothing happened for me using it. So I knew then that I needed to probably reload my game, which I did, and that turned out to be the case. You do actually need the paint remover for something else later on. So if you use it and they say, well, that was a waste, then that means you've screwed yourself over and you need to uh, reload your game. There's also a part, for instance, where uh, you'll be walking around the mansion and all of a sudden the doorbell rings. And then it cuts to... um, a scene, it, well, it, it cuts away, and you see Weird Ed in his bedroom, and he says, oh, that must be my package. And so you know that you probably need to go get that package. If you don't go to the front, if you don't, like, run to the front door, 
and uh, pick up the package before he does, then uh, I believe in all. It might depend on what characters you're using, but it, but I'm not sure if it even depends on. I, I don't. It might even just just be for any character combination. If you don't get the package, then you can't win the game. You have to have that. So they so they in that case that's does the case where they you? give you. It doesn't no, it doesn't tell you, but that's but it gives you enough clues at least to where you're saying to where it's like, oh, there's a package out there. That's that might be something that I need. I'm gonna go try to grab that again. That might have that might not have been the case when this game first came out and people weren't really used to point and click adventure games. But playing it from like a pers- you know the perspective of someone like me who's played plenty of these games, I'm like, oh, there's a package there. I probably need to go grab that. Uh, and then there's a there's 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 lots of well lots of there's. There are not a lot of things that you can do to screw your game over, but there are a few like these. And usually, not always, but usually, they give you some sort of clue that you've messed up if you've done something like that so you can reload your game. So it, it, it kind of it, it, it cushions it a little bit for me. So, as I said, my rule was save often, but don't save that often. Um, also, there were not really any... or. There were very few, like, just ridiculous puzzles that, like, make no logical sense whatsoever. There's only one spot that I can think of that would be really tough to figure out without any help. If you've played the game uh, and you're listening to this, then it's the uh, it's the the direction that you have to push the telescope at one point in the game. It's it's pretty much you uh, you have a limited number of times. You can you can turn the telescope, and if you don't put it in the right exact place, then you then you miss out on some key information that you have to have to beat the game. So that was one kind of flagrant bad part, but that's the only really really ridiculous one that I can think of. Um, and then one of the other gameplay quirks that doesn't really affect the game that much, but is just kind of weird. Again, looking back from a modern perspective, is there are a lot of items that you can pick up in the game that you don't end up ever using on anything. So, in modern adventure game design, or not even modern, like, really ever since, like, Monkey Island came out, uh, the rule is, like, if it's if it's not something that you're ever going to need to use in the game, the game generally won't let you pick it up or do, or do anything with this with this object. In Maniac Mansion, it's, a, it's much looser. It's like, if there's an object there and there's no real reason that you shouldn't be able to pick it up, then yeah, then it's going to let you pick it up. So that can cause, that can doesn't really mess anything up. It just kind of makes things a little bit more difficult because you have like so many I- items and you're like, well, am I supposed to be using this on something or is it just something that I have that, that I, that doesn't have any use in the game? Um, all of those weird things aside, the game I felt was, was really well paced. Um, it does have humor as the LucasArts point and click adventure games were really became uh, really eventually came to be known for, but it doesn't have as much humor as a lot of the later games did. Like, there's one part early on where you're walking through and you're kind of just getting into the mansion and exploring it and seeing what seeing what all there is around, and you're in a kitchen, and there's a refrigerator, and there's all this red stuff pouring out of the refrigerator, and obviously it looks like some sort of horror scene, and you open it up and it's just broken, broken bottles of ketchup. So, like, little things like that. Um... But the game is really well paced. It's kind of fun to see what's in every room. You get a nice sense of discovery when you get to a new room or, you know, when you finally like get into a new area that you've been trying to figure out how to get into or when you figure out a puzzle. Uh, as I said, it, there, it rarely gets ridiculously hard. There are just one or two things that are kind of, that are kind of stupidly like don't make much sense. 
Uh, I played it. Uh, I used the, I, I used the guide just a few times when I felt like I was like in a potential unwinnable situation and I wanted to make sure that I was not going to do something that was going to completely fuck my game over. And that's, and I think I beat it in probably a little under five hours. So it's not a very long game. Uh, if, if you generally are doing things right and being careful and not doing anything that's going to screw your game over. I, I want to talk about just the influence that this has had on later LucasArts games for anybody who's not familiar with uh, their point and clicks. The really important, so the things that make Maniac Mansion so important are not so much that the game itself was so awesome, but just that, but just the way it influenced so many later amazing games. So this is the first point and click to use the verb interface. This is of course where you have like the bulk of really, the screen. This was the first one. This huh. is the first one. Um, where you got the most, like, 80% of the screen is the actual visuals of what's going on, where your characters are walking around and the environment and everything. And then the bottom portion of the screen has a huge list of verbs. And you click on walk to and then click where you want to walk to. And then he walks to there. Or you click open and click on a door and he opens a door, things like that. The basic verb interface that, that has come to be sort of synonymous with point and click adventure games, just about. Uh, interestingly, this is missing, uh, two verbs that are, that, you, that I almost can't, it's, it's difficult to even imagine a point and click adventure game not having, which are talk to and look at. There's no look at button and there's no talk to button. Usually in games like this, you use the look at button to find out more information on an item or to maybe to find out something interesting about an item that comes into play later, but there's nothing like that here. There is a read button. So if you get something that has like writing on it, you can read it, but if it's like, you know, just a, some generic object that doesn't have anything written on it, like a chainsaw, you can't look at it to inspect it more. And there's no talk to button, so you can't walk up to any character and click talk to. The the way that that's handled in game is pretty much like if there's any dialogue, then as soon as you get in the room with that character or walk up to that character, then the necessary dialogue takes place, and uh, and then that's that. And there's no uh, there's no like dialogue there's no dialogue options either. Come to think of it. In, again, in, in most, I guess all of the later games, you have many, many situations where you're talking to a character and then you choose like what you want to say. There's none of that. Any dialogue that takes place just happens and you don't have any control over it. Uh, and there's really not that much, come to think of it also, there's, there's much less dialogue in this game than there are in a lot of the later games as well. Um, also, that I, something I found kind of funny about the verb interface is that it's, it's a lot bigger. It has some, it has like a lot of very specific verbs that they kind of condensed into other verbs like use eventually later on. Like use is a verb that you can use for just about anything. This one had some very specific stuff like fix uh, or unlock. So now if, it, if, if you had to like fix something, you would use whatever item on whatever object to fix it. You wouldn't click a fix button. You would use a use button. Same for unlock. Instead of clicking unlock, you would click use key on door. So Ron Gilbert, who is the, who was, uh, like the writer slash designer slash, or a writer slash designer slash developer on the game. He, if you're not familiar with him, he's become very well known for, uh, for his work, especially in point and click adventure games, particularly this and Monkey Island and of course Thimbleweed Park, which is coming fairly soon, uh, early next year, I believe. He created, uh, the famous scum system for this game, S-C-U-M-M. That, SCUM stands for Script Creation Utility for Maniac Mansion. 
And basically, Scum is like the game is it's like the game engine based on this paradigm of having a point and click driven game with a verb interface that you use to interact with the environment, and you also have an inventory to carry around and use items. He created Scum for this game as a tool to help speed development. So you could really it, it allowed developers to like really quickly create uh, scenes and scenarios uh, with all of you know in this point and click paradigm. And it ended up being such a useful tool that LucasArts used it for years. They used it, they used like progressive versions of Scum on, as far as I know, every single point and click adventure game that they ever made from then on. So that was a huge influence on, uh, LucasArts point and clicks and on the genre as a whole. Uh, the NES version, as I said, that was the version I played. There were a few problems with it. First off, it's kind of awkward navigating a point and click arrow using the D-pad. That gets a little bit annoying, as you can probably imagine. Uh, the graphics are not nearly as good as just about any other version. Like, if you look at the Commodore 64 or the Amiga versions or anything like that, this is almost the worst-looking one of them all. The only one that looks worse is uh, the Famicom version, which, like, just looks like complete utter shit. Like, they try to... Uh, like re- like regionalize it and, and make the graphics a little bit more like something that I guess the Japanese fan base would like, but it just looks like absolute shit. Uh, my understanding, though, is that even though it looks a lot worse, it runs much smoother on the NES than it does on any of the other platforms. It also has a soundtrack, whereas none of the other versions of the game have a soundtrack. It was very slightly glitchy. <clears throat> The main thing, actually, the, actually, I guess really the only the only glitch that I can think of that happened to me is I had this uh, roll of film at one point and I tried opening it and my character said, "I better wait until I'm in a dark room." And it's not obtrusive or anything; it doesn't like pop up on the screen. It just it's, there's a black bar at the top of the screen where the dialogue takes place, where the dialogue is displayed if there's any dialogue, and it just pops up there and says, "I better wait until I'm in a dark room." For the entire rest of the game. <laughs> Any character I was using would say that about every 10 seconds. I'd just be walking around. They say, I better wait until I'm in a dark room. Better wait until I'm in a dark room and just repeat it over and over, literally for the entire rest of the game, regardless of which, of which character I was using. Again, it really didn't bother me because it doesn't, it's not distracting. It doesn't take up any of the screen that's actually being used for anything else besides dialogue. And it didn't interrupt any other dialogue that was actually taking place. It was just kind of amusing. Uh, also, one interesting thing about this, and I've never seen this in any Nintendo game, or any game, but especially not any N- Nintendo game, is uh, whenever, so when you pause the game to go to save it or whatever, there's a message, and it says, remember, make sure when you're turning off the Nintendo, you hold down the reset button. Reset button, yep. First, and then turn, oh, is that so is that a common thing? Yeah. Uh, it's certain games, yeah. I think it's yeah, the bigger save files. Interesting, okay. So for whatever reason... I think reason, the Legend of Zelda that. manual said to do that. Oh, really? Yeah, Final Fantasy yeah. 1 said that as well. Huh. I accidentally did turn it off without doing that one time, and it didn't mess anything up, but it's probably kind of like the equivalent of like pulling out a USB without you know, you know turning it off it's in your system. It's a suggestion, system. not a... <laughs> right, right. Um, just a couple more things. The game comes with... As I said, I, I bought a boxed version of it. it come, the game came with a poster... And the poster looks kind of like a high school bulletin board. Uh, it's got like little news clippings and like wanted ads and and uh, and like notes and stuff like that 
clips up on it. And if you read it, it's actually got little clues that can help you out, like, at certain points in the game, kind of, like, naturally uh, mixed in. Like, just some of the stuff that's on the bulletin board, if you read it and pay attention, some of that stuff can help you figure out some of the puzzles in the game, which is kind of cool. Overall, I actually had... I thought that this was going to be mostly like a historic, like a historical thing, and I was going to play it and appreciate it for like what it's done for like the life of point-and-click adventure games in general, and not necessarily enjoying the game itself so much. But I actually had quite a bit of fun with it. It's certainly not the best, and it's definitely got problems. Uh, but as I said, it's paced really well. It's nothing like King's Quest, where the game just like hates the person who's playing it. Out of all of the point and clicks with unwinnable scenarios, this was definitely the least frustrating, and it was really an enjoyable game to play. So, my recommendation, if you play Maniac Mansion, just play it carefully, maybe have a guide on hand like I did if you're unsure whether you're about to do something dumb or not. And I would suggest that if you do want to play this game, then just play the version that's on uh, Day of the Tentacle. If you buy Day of the Tentacle, there's one point in the game where there's a computer and if you turn on the computer, then that computer is running a version of Maniac Mansion. So you're playing Maniac Mansion within the within Day of the Tentacle. And you actually get to that part fairly early on in the game. Uh, I would recommend doing that. I didn't do that because I thought I would be able to have multiple saves if I had a real copy of it. And plus, I just like having the boxed copy. So I did that. But if you don't care about having a boxed copy, then buy Day of the Tentacle because you get it there. And Day of the Tentacle, as I said, that's the sequel to Maniac Mansion. And it's one of the best point-and-click adventure games ever made. Uh, and most people agree with me on that. So there's my rundown of Maniac Mansion. I'm super, I'm very happy that I've finally played it. And I'm also really happy that I actually enjoyed it, even though I didn't really expect to re- actually have fun with it. You guys still awake? This one? Oh, my alarm <laughs> just went off. So yeah, I'm awake now. <laughs> Um, they made a TV show about this game. I saw that. I was Googling pictures of it. I was going to ask you about that. I thought it was a yeah. movie. It's, they made a TV show, like, very loosely based on the game. Uh, I didn't, I haven't watched any of it. I read a little bit about it. Apparently, it got, like, really good. It, it was actually received very well when it came out. Um, and that's pretty much all I know. It, besides, that, that besides, it's only very loosely based on the, uh, on the game. So go buy Day of the Tentacle if you haven't already played it. Play Day of the Tentacle eh, all right. and play Maniac Mansion. Yeah, you don't have to have played Maniac Mansion to appreciate Day of the Tentacle, by the way. There you go. I'm done. Unless you guys have any questions. No, no questions. You covered it. I'm all open for questions. Um, you know me. Why Jake, you go on? next or am I going next? <laughs> um, I'll go next because I'm actually right. not feeling that well. So. Okay. Uh-oh. Up quick. Yeah. So... I'm still waking up here, Robert. Sorry, give me a second. <laughs> uh, so I actually um, played two different games. Um, the first, which Blake, of course, spoiled, because anytime I do anything, Blake has to talk about it. It's a him. talent. It's really quite <laughs> how good I it's am. It's really, really impressive is what it is. Uh, so the first game was Final Fantasy 1, which I'll talk about second, because uh, I want to talk, talk about the more positive one second. So uh, if I were to say probably you know, you the most... Games? Yeah, yeah, because I already played Final Fantasy 1. I think I've talked about it before in the podcast, so I wanted to play something a little bit on the side as well to talk about, just to kind of add to it. And they're, 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 neither one is ridiculously long, you know, 36 minutes long. <laughs> um, 
So if I were to say the most frustrating game for Sega Genesis based on a movie, you would say? Uh, based on a movie. Um, I don't remember. Child, my... Children's movie. Uh, oh, oh, why did you do this to yourself? <laughs> I thought I, I could beat it. Play Lion King. <laughs> I thought I could beat Lion it. <laughs> I was wrong. I was <laughs> really, really wrong. This game is oh, fucking man. awful. Holy God, man. This game is terrible. It was Lion King? Oh yeah, it, it was it was as bad as you could. Oh my god, this game is terrible. Was it as so, bad as Jurassic Park? Worse, definitely worse. Oh, it right. makes no sense. Like, it it just I don't even know how to describe. It. So this game is for is for Sega, <laughs> Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. Um, obviously based on the original Lion King movie, or the, the, wasn't based on it, but you know, the same characters. The game is, it makes no sense. So the game literally starts you, it, it's it, almost like an arcade style where as soon as you hit start, the game just starts. And you get dropped into the first level, which is, it's so bizarre. So you have these two meters on, the, on each side of your screen. And they meet, They don't represent anything. There's no words to describe them. Um, it's this red tube with this yellow lightning bolt going through it. And I was like, oh, okay. And they're, one of them's charging constantly. The other one's just kind of stagnant full. Okay, great. All right. So you start walking, and you're like, oh, I'm going to mess the, the controller a little bit. You press one button, you jump, and it's like this really awkward jump where, like, you jump, your character kind of hovers for an odd amount of seconds, and then you fall. And it's like, okay. And when you jump, your character automatically like kind of jumps forward, and it's really bizarre. And you're like, okay, that's not a big deal. And the second one is you're, you're playing a Sima, by the way. Um, you let out a roar. I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. So I assume you would use the road to kill things, right? He's like the so, baby lion, right? Yeah, you're at the beginning, you're the baby lion. So you walk up to the first mob, you roar, and it ignores it and hits you. And you're like, oh, shit, okay, that was cool. And the meter <laughs> on the right goes down. And you're like, oh, I, that's my life bar. But it's the same as the one on the left. You're, so you're like, why do I have two life bars? Okay, whatever. So I keep going, um, like trying to jump on these mobs. So the first couple mobs are pretty easy, just bouncing their head, whatever. Then there's these horned beetles where I'm like, oh, okay. I'll try and jump on the back end of them. No, you still get hurt. Okay. So I'm like, okay, maybe I have to roar at them first. So you roar and nothing happens and I get hit again. I'm like, oh, this is pretty interesting. So I'm like trying to figure the roar thing out and then I use it and everything on the, on the screen flips upside down on its back, kind of like the Super Mario Brothers minigame where you have, where you hit the pow block. Oh, yeah. 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 It's kind of like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, what did I do? Well, I roared. Oh. Okay, um, that's what I did the first three times. But okay, this one, for whatever reason, just, I guess, Simba grew balls on, you know, one screen over. I'm like, okay, so I, I, I kill one mob, and then I keep going, and I go to this ledge, I jump on it, and when you catch a ledge, and then you climb up, you'd think your character would have, like, very little bounce to it, and it would kind of, like, slowly crawl up it. No, dude, this dude hits a trampoline halfway up and jumps, like, six feet in the air, and you're like, oh, I don't know how to control this, and you land on a mob, and I died. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> So what I figured out after playing for about 30, 40 minutes is the meter on the left is your roar meter, and it builds up over time. No. Yep, and so it looks just like your life meter, so you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. And the roar, the the longer you wait, the bigger range it has, but the range is still pretty random. Like, it makes absolutely no sense. There, the, This game is just obnoxious. <laughs> I, I, I played for, for 30, 40 minutes. I was like, yep, I can't do this. This is just... I, I don't know. I don't know how I did it, but I, when I was younger, I played this and I got pretty darn far into it. And I still, to this day, I think therapy helped me block it out or something. I just don't remember the majority of it. The but same. Blake, have you ever actually played through this game whatsoever? I think I've played parts of it, but I didn't play it for long because yeah, it's it is so bad. 
it is not worth even considering. Like I, I was like, oh, you know, I remember getting stuck on this game. I remember the the other thing is weird is like I noticed this as well. It, it was definitely a rush game. Like there's no question about it, um, which isn't too surprising. But the visuals make no sense. There are times when you see an object, you're like, oh, you can jump to that object. It, it's kind of brighter. It sticks out, you know, a little bit from the background. Nope. Okay. Uh, it makes no sense whatsoever. And then the rocks that are jetting out of the wall, they are different lengths than you would anticipate. So if you think it's this wide, nope, you're wrong. It's actually this wide. It's like, oh, okay. And if you think you're going to catch the ledge, you're not going to catch the ledge. And when you think you're not going to catch the ledge, you are going to catch it every time. So it's just, <laughs> they, it's just not um, a very the good Aladdin game. games had a very similar issue with their platforming. They I have actually been playing that shitty. game this week. Ah, nice, yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yes, I got to the magic carpet level, and I want to shoot myself. It's pretty much the same mindset. (laughs) Which I died, side story, but I died like 12 times the level. Yeah. I died like 12 times the level, Blake, and I could not figure out why, and then I realized the background isn't the background on the the carpet level. The background, foreground, and platforming in those games is so terrible. I remembered, remembered, like, uh, liking Aladdin. I did too. It's not. I bad. enjoy it. It's not anywhere near as bad as Lion King, but it's still got fucked up stuff in it. That okay. is correct. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll probably talk about that in the future. But Lion King definitely don't ever ever touch this game. This game is atrocious. I thought it was going to be pretty fun. I thought it was going to be a decent platformer, something I could just jump into and kind of burn through. No, not even worth the time consideration. I've heard right? it's pretty bad. I've heard it's pretty, it's, it's pretty bad. Um, so the other game I played was Final Fantasy 1, and uh, I, I don't know why, I just really had an urge to play it. Um, I wanted to play through one of the older Final Fantasies. I didn't really feel like investing a crazy amount of time into it, and I, I thought this game was a lot shorter than it actually is. Um, so Final Fantasy 1 obviously you know, came out in the late 80s, very, very well-known, obviously, uh, the whole series. But the game itself is its pretty fun. It's, it's fun. It, it's very well done. Um, for, for obviously for the time. Um, so when you when you start playing the game, you get to pick uh, four characters. You have a choice between I think uh, I think it's six classes. Which is yeah. uh, six. Yeah. So there's fighter, thief, black belt, uh, red mage, white mage, and black mage. So white mage and black mage, obvious. You know they do different things. Red mage is kind of like a mixture of the two, but they can also use some pretty high DPS weapons. They are incredible DPS. Uh, the only downside to them is they are very squishy, and they are limited on the magic they can learn. Uh, Black Belt is uh, a monk, essentially. Uh, they actually do more damage with no weapon than almost... I think later in the game, they actually do more damage than just about anybody else, which is their, Who does? The, black, uh, the Black Belt. Uh, they can at high levels. I I don't remember if that's due to the glitch or not, though. There's a way that you can glitch around with their stats with the ribbon item, I think. And there it, uh, is... They get really good, but I don't remember if they're the best. So I, 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 I feel like Thief is pretty useless, and I got a better understanding of the stats. This okay, is why I think yeah. this. So Fighter is obviously the tank. Um, so the defensive stats in the game are Evasion and I think it's called Armor or Armor Class. Uh, essentially, armor class is pretty pretty self-explanatory. A mob hits you for ten. Okay, you have eight armor. Okay, it does two damage. It's that's a lot more simplistic, but that's kind of the general idea of it. Uh, the more armor, you, the heavier the armor you put on, the lower your evasion goes down. And um, the fighter class wears a lot of armor, has low evasion. They get hit constantly, but it's for very low numbers. Uh, for the clothies, they just get shit on. And then for like the thief specifically, he has very, very high evasion and very low armor. So he doesn't get hit very often. But when he does, it hits for, for a lot of damage. The odd thing I was reading about is the NES version. The evasion stat is a 1 in 255 chance. Obviously with the 256 memory. Which version? The NES, the original NES version, which wow. is the one I was playing. 
So it's it's really weird. So if you have if you get ten evasion, it doesn't necessarily give you a ten percent chance. It gives you a ten out of two fifty five chance. Yeah. yeah, it's really weird. But what I read is like later on, you can actually get their evasion set up so high that they they very rarely get hit. I still didn't want to do it because you know if they, the RNG in this game can completely destroy you. So you get four character slots. So you can literally run four black mages, four white mages, four fighters, whatever you want to do. Um, I wanted to try running double black mage, so I did double black mage, white mage, black mage. Um, I really, really want to try like triple fighter, white mage, or just quad fighter, because I think it'd be really, really easy. Um, the hardest combo, I think, by far, would be all white mages, and just purely because they're damaged. Yeah, people have done that. I think yeah. people have actually done solo white mage. Just it's one possible, if, but yeah, yeah. I feel like you just have to grind a lot in order to. Do yeah, that. most likely. I never they actually into do it too decent much, like, physical damage. Crazy stuff. So the, the uh, armor and weapon system in this game is pretty cool. So um, each class is is limited to certain weapons. I think except for the fighter, they can pretty much use anything in the game. I'm pretty sure. Uh, black mages can use uh, daggers primarily is what their main weapon is. White mages use hammers, which I, if you get a really good hammer early on. It's like a silver hammer, which is like tier 3 or tier 4. And he hits for like 30, 40 damage. My black mage with his dagger, which is pretty high level, is like 16 to 20. My fighter was only hitting for like 70. So the white mage was hitting for a lot of damage with a freaking hammer. Which was so bizarre to me. Um, the thief can use a lot of high-end swords and daggers, and the red mage can again. Red mage is just kind of like a medium of everything. It can use a lot of good weapons early on, but later on they can't use some of the end game ones like Excalibur. Um, and then the they can use limited magic. Um, the MP system in this game is pretty interesting. It's basically you have um, different levels. So there's level one through I think nine or ten, um, and so like you have three MP for level one. So you can cast three level one. Uh, spells before you run out, and then that's the end of it, until you go back to an inn and refresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get three slots, and there's usually four per school uh, for the earlier ones. So the first time you go to the Black Mage Hut, he might teach you Fire, uh, Lit, which is Lightning, um, and then two other spells. You can only pick three of them. Yeah, right. Lit. <laughs> lit. Now, the lit. funny thing is, for the NES version, a lot of these, not a lot of these, a lot of the cool status effect spells do not work. So one of the cool spells that I remember using a lot, um, at least on the one for PlayStation, because they've remade this game like 80 times. They've remade it for PlayStation for all the portable devices and a bunch of other stuff. <clears throat> was It's called Temper. And it's I think it's like a level 3 or level 4 Black Mage ability. You put it on a physical damage character, like a fighter, and he just goes off. It's like Berserk. He just hits like a fucking truck. The problem is in the NES version, the original one, it does not work. It doesn't do anything. Um, I didn't know this. I was really, <laughs> I was really upset about this. There's a couple other ones as well. Um, I think the slow spell doesn't work. Um, and if it does say it, it's working, it's not working. There's a couple other, which slow is basically the, their character, I, I think has a lower chance of hitting you. It doesn't actually slow down their turn time or anything, cause that would be way too complex. Um, and then there's some other really cool status stuff that the, the white mage can do that, that works. Uh, there's an ability that they can raise one person's evasion. They can raise one person's armor. And early on, it's great. Like, if you cast that on your white mage, they're decently tanky, and they can take a couple extra hits. Now, uh, Blake, you might know this because I was wondering about this. Is the order Does the order of your characters matter from top to bottom during a fight? Oh, God. In Final Fantasy I, I – I want to say that it does. I feel like your fighter gets hit 80% of the time. And that might just be because I, I don't think it's that extreme, but it's something there's a definite effect there and I feel like the person in the front spot has a 33% chance to get okay. hit. Okay. That makes more sense. 
Yeah, so I thought uh, Double Black Mage would be fun, and it has been actually really boring so far. I know later on, once you start getting <laughs> some of the AoE spells, it gets a little bit yeah. better. Yeah. But, uh, once so you get the AoE game, nuke, it's a lot better, for sure. Yeah, I have, like, Ice 2 and, and uh, Fire 3 and a couple of those spells, which I accidentally went and bought a tier of spell that I can't use yet. And that's the other thing. So when you, when you level, you get more MP. So you might go from having three level 1 spells to being able to cast a fourth one. And then you might get a second level spell. Uh, so your MP gradually goes up to later in the game you have like eight or nine level one spells, which is pretty cool. Um, so the game basically starts after you lock in your four, four characters, and this this is this is probably why I wanted to play this game because I really didn't want to invest in a story or anything crazy like that. But you pick your four characters, you name them all whatever you want, Dickweed, whatever you want to name them, and then you hit start. And guess what? You go to the open world. You have I think like four or five hundred gil or six hundred I think, and then the town's right there, and you can either go to the town or start grinding in the brushes around the town. Go into the town. Um, there's limited items there, there's some pretty good weapons, there's good armor you can buy, there's a bunch of different spells, spells are very expensive. Um, but this game is very punishing. And the reason is you can only save, um, I think when you use a cabin or a cottage out in the world, which are very expensive, cabins are like two or three grand, which is quite a bit early on, especially around even late game. Um, or you can go to the inn, which the first inn is like 10 to 50 gil, 10 to 50 gil, which isn't too bad. Uh, it also fully heals you and restores your MP. And then um, you can save. But then let's say you go outside and grind for 10 minutes, and then you die. Oh, guess what? You just lost all that. Great. So that can be very, very brutal. So you got to save often, and you have to be smart about what you're doing. Early on, this isn't an issue because the mobs are pretty pretty standard. They basically just hit you. Um, the modes of combat that come in are back attack, which is basically you get to strike first. And this is a really kind of interesting mechanic in this game because if you get into a fight, like let's say there's nine mobs on the screen, which is the most there can be. There's, there's one to nine for the smaller sprites, and then there's four for the bigger sprites. Um, so there's nine of them. So you get to go four times because you have four characters. And then the next time you might actually get to go an extra two or three times, which is really weird with uh, some of the back attack mechanics. But when the enemy strikes first, this is why you save often. Because there are times, uh, like, walking around in the marshes around the second town, there are these zombies. When they hit you, they have, like, a 30 or 40% chance to put Paralyze on you. If you're paralyzed, you just skip your turn. You might skip your second. You might skip two or three turns. Sometimes you go into a fight, and there'll be nine of these things. And they get to go first. And they will just beat <laughs> off on you and stun everybody. And just stun you to death. And you go from 100% health to dead. You could have full mana, full health, and all your characters could die. Just right off the bat. Um, the... The other thing is mobs can crit, you can crit. Um, as you progress through the game, your damage doesn't necessarily get higher, you hit more times, which is really weird. So um, instead of you know going from 70 to 80 damage, you might go for, you might do 70 damage, but you hit twice. And so, the, so your damage might go up to like 110. And I think this has to do with um, how the stats are distributed. Instead of like saying you hit for 110 and then you subtract their armor, you hit for two times of 55 and then subtract their armor. So uh, you, your mitigation does a little bit more, I think, at least. That, that, that's my understanding. Um, so the game starts out, you, you basically start leveling, you buy some items, and you go to the first boss. He's not a big deal, 150, 200 health, no big deal. Uh, the mobs outside are much, much more frustrating than the first boss. Um, you basically go to the second town, no big deal, and then you start fighting ogres. And ogres are great. They are a lot of gold. They're like 200 gil each. They hit pretty hard. No big deal. You kind of go through the game a little bit, do the first couple minor dungeons. There's some side quests. And then you get to the first orb. Uh, the whole object of the game is to get the four orbs, or at least so you assume. And then you can go towards the end of the game. The first orb, or like the orbs in general, are just a pain in the ass. The mobs inside the first major dungeon are just 
rapists. They just do so much damage, and they a lot of them do status effects like poison, so if you don't bring enough antidotes, uh, which are called peers in this game, you will just bleed out from poison. Literally poison, every step you take outside battle does one to two damage, and you can just rot out and die. And then you get in the first fight, or in the next fight, and you have one health. Um, the other thing is there's cockatrices cock in the, the first major dungeon, which will petrify you. And if you get petrified... What are they called? Is it cockatrice? Cockatrice? Oh, co- <clears throat> so like you said, cockchase. Oh yeah, cockchase. Cockchase is petrify you with their <laughs> giant boners. Um, so they they come out a lot, and there are certain fights that you cannot avoid. So I learned this from playing when I was younger. Uh, one of the first major uh, the I think it's the first major dungeon you go to before the first orb. There is this room. It is a I think it's a four by four grid or a three by four grid of rooms and the rooms are separated by a decent amount of walking space but each one has a treasure chest in it or at least one i'm uh, sorry it can be anywhere from zero to two of uh, treasure chests and there are battle triggers on certain sides of the treasure chest so if you do the dungeon a couple times you actually know where the fights are uh but the battle triggers are usually tough they're usually really really tough mobs that you haven't seen yet and if you get into them too many times you can just completely wipe and the other thing is i've I did this numerous times you'll walk to the treasure chest the batter will trigger the fight ends, you open up your menu, you start healing, and then you walk away, and you're like, oh, shit, I didn't open the treasure chest. I got to go back to it. So then you walk back, trigger the fight, fight happens, you heal up, you walk away. Oh, I forgot to get grab the item again. And I did this, like, numerous times. <laughs> and you cannot save while you're in a dungeon. You have to walk all the way outside these dungeons. And the walk is, like, three or four minutes. And you get in several fights on the way out. So you kind of learn where the battle triggers are. Uh, the first major boss of the game is Lich. He's great. It's it's actually a really cool. Uh, let me the show Lich you a picture King? of this. No. Uh, shut, shut. Uh, the first major boss. Like I think the graphic is actually really really cool looking for especially for NES. Let me send you a picture here. Hold on. Oh, for, perfect. Um, this is the first major boss. He has a decent amount of health. He does. He hastes himself and then he just kind of jerks off on you and does some damage. And it's no big That's deal. Cool. He's no big deal. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. And the cool thing about this is, uh, after he dies, I was like, huh? Like it makes this really weird noise and like the kind of, the screen kind of rumbles. I was like, I wonder if I walk to his throne if it will port me outside the dungeon. Yep. You walk to his portal, or you walk to his throne, and it ports you outside. It's really cool. Nice. I was like, oh, that's a really advanced mechanic, right? Like, Especially, usually when you get to the end of the orb dungeons, you are exhausted of resources. You can only get two, uh, 99 heals, and the heals only heal for, like I think, like 20 to 40. So when your characters get up to like two or 300 health, you can blow through 20 of these between every single fight. So by the end of a Damn. first dungeon, or the, the orb dungeons, you are completely exhausted of resources. You are usually very low on magic. I will save usually two or three different types of spells, uh, haste. A lot of times some of my bigger spells to use on bosses. And you once you get done with the fight, you're like, man, I need to get out of here immediately. Uh, there are times when I've got killed the major boss and then died on the way out. And it's that's like an hour, hour and a half, easily, just down the drain. This oh, game is yeah. very, very punishing if you are not prepared. A lot of times what I'll do for the harder dungeons is I will go in, I will scout it out, I will grab all the treasure chests, and then exit, go to town, buy stuff, heal up, go back. Uh, the reason is it's just you really got to be you got to be smart with your resources. Um, so the first boss is no big deal. And, uh, so one of the earlier things I forgot to mention is when you get to the second town, there's this pirate who's just chilling there and he's just asking for a fight. Like he's just looking for a bruising. So you talk to him and he's like, yep, let's fight. So you kill him and you take his boat and which is just completely random, by the way. I remember the first time I talked to him, I was like, what the hell is this? And the funny thing is, is it's nine pirates. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so hard. I have like 12 health. So even your black mage and your white mage can kill them with their melee weapons, which is just completely random. And uh, you can gives, put them to sleep. 
Oh, I actually didn't even know that. Dude, sleep would yeah. be so expensive at that point. It's like 200 Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> ain't no money bags. Um, the, the thing about this game is if you do grind, it gets very easy, uh, for the most part, except for the major dungeons, which I avoided grinding as much as I could because I want the game to be you know, quite a bit of a challenge. Uh, so you get the boat, and then you can ride around. But there's, like, this water that it is not as... By the way, the water, the, the boat does not ride on water. It rides on ice, where, what it looks like ice. It look, does not look like water at all. <laughs> but there are these, like, small streams that, are, that look like um, the look like the rivers in uh, Zelda, the first Zelda, the ones where you can walk over with a stepladder. And what maybe they are is they are... What was that? Maybe they're... I was just going to say, maybe they're bobsled pirates. That would be... Actually, that's a pretty sick-ass title. Yeah. King of Bob's. Anyways, so um, you can't ride in these waters with the boat. I was like, oh, okay. So, and I remember, I know, obviously I know now, but when I was younger, I was like, oh, okay. Well, later you get the canoe, and the canoe can ride in these little rivers, and um, this allows you to get progress throughout the game. Um, so the canoe allows you to get to the second major dungeon, which the second ore boss is such a bitch. She's this, um, she's a naga, and she has a bunch of swords, and guess what? She hits so hard, it's just obnoxious. She casts a lot of spells on herself, she buffs herself, she'll AoE your team, and then she will hit. And what I was talking about before with the mechanic of hitting two or three times, she hits like four to five times, and she will one-shot your main guy. If she crits with like three or four hits, she'll one-shot your fighter. And you're just, that's it. That's the end of the fight. You basically have to load and run back through the entire dungeon. She is a bitch. She is probably, to me, the hardest of the orb bosses. Um, when you get to the later part of the game, your characters uh, level up uh, physically. Like they they advance in classes. So uh, let me look at the names actually. I don't remember what they're called. Googling, googling, googling. Uh, here we go. Uh, so fighter goes to a knight, um, and like kind of the same idea. The graphics change too, which is kind of interesting. Um, they basically get stronger. So only one class I think actually gets worse, which is kind of weird. Um, and like it's the graphics black. for the character, like for the character. No, they actually get weaker. The, the sprites are a little bit. Yeah, the updated sprites are kind of interesting. But uh, you're not so talking the, about the whole graphics on the entire game. We're talking about just like the characters themselves. Correct. Yeah, right. just the the character sprites um, change. Um, so the black belt turns into a master, and from what I've read, he actually does less physical damage with his fists once he ma- goes up to master rank. So it might actually be worth um, using weapons at that point. I haven't gotten. I've never. I probably did once or twice, but I haven't played with a monk recently to, to even bother with it. Um, this also allows you to get more spells, uh, like higher level spells that you can't get until you advance in your class. And all around, for the most part, it's a pretty solid upgrade. Um, your characters just get stronger and you kind of progress through the game. So all around, really fun game. Um, it's obviously the very first Final Fantasy. For the very first one, I mean, it's pretty damn good. There are some really frustrating mechanics in this game. The back attack feature is it's interesting, but... Some of the mechanics, the status effects are just unbelievable. Petrification, paralyze, um, the the poison, uh, the the poison is really frustrating if you are not prepared for it. And I believe I I've experienced it once or twice so far, and I haven't been able to read the chat the text. This is why I knew what Blake was talking about. I turned the text all the way up because during combat there's so much text going that if you have it on a slower speed, it's just completely. It's frustrating. It's just very slow. Uh, but I think there's an instant death mechanic, and I've only experienced it once or twice so far, but I think there's something that happens where a mob will just hit you, and it just says, Fane, and your character just dies. Um, I don't know why it happens or when it happens, but it's it's happened to me a couple times so far. You made it sound like, like I know this, like I've played a little bit of this, but not very much, and I know it's supposed to be like really hard, but you made it sound really kind of fun too. It is pretty. I was actually really, I was really happy that I enjoyed it again. Um, I, I don't, I don't know why. It's just the the thing that's so exciting to me with this game is coming up with your composition. 
Like, I, I can tell you, like, I started with one composition, I'm like, ooh, this sounded really fun, and then I started, I'm like, eh, sorry, I want to try this, oh, this seems kind of interesting. It's like, these different compositions that, that can kind of help you get through the game faster and, and more efficiently, it's just, it's it's interesting to see, like, how you can do with different things. Um, so what, is there a composition that you would recommend? Like, if somebody's just trying out the game? Yeah, I mean, cookie cutter comps are, I mean, for the most part, literally just do a fighter, do a white and a black mage. Because the white and black mage later on, they both get spells that the red mage cannot learn. Um, the black mage gets nuke, which is just a fucking board, board clear, essentially. It just destroys whatever you're fighting. Um, I think red mage can go up to, like, level 6 or 7, and there's... 10 or 11 ranks or levels of spells, so those extra 3 or 4, they cannot use. Uh, so the red mages suck. They're they're alright. They do a lot of melee damage, too, and they can use some of the, the later um, endgame weapons. So the white mage they're gets Jack of classes. They're okay nukers. They can exactly. get some good... They can buff you up. Um, That's what they're really good If you good need for. someone to wield an extra weapon, there are weapons around uh, that they can wield, just like a knight would, and stuff like that. It sounds like well, so are they a good character to have? They're not um, bad. I would, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't do it your first playthrough. They're they're pretty squishy. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. They once they get to their tier two, they can wear some of the heavier armor, I believe. Like it's kind of it's like going from like leather to mail essentially. Whereas like the fighter might wear plate. Like that's kind of the, the best I can think of. Um, they yeah they do they do pretty pretty good damage. They have pretty good spells and they're pretty squishy. So they're all around, yeah, like you said, jack-of-all-trades. Okay. Um, I would definitely do a white mage and a black mage just so you have those. Fighters, obviously, a must because they're just very tanky. Um, and then the last one's kind of whatever you want to do. I The monk is interesting to me just because he doesn't need weapons, and weapons are definitely the most expensive thing. Like, the first couple towns you go to, you might have, like, two or 3,000 gil to buy armor for all your entire team, and some of the weapons are 4,000 gil. And, <laughs> oh, the other thing that I ran into is a lot of the weapons and armor do not work in this game. There's um, some really cool weapons, like there's a weapon called the Were Sword, like Werewolf, that's supposed to drain your opponent. Doesn't do anything. It, the effect doesn't work, and it actually has lower DPS mm. than the previous rank weapon, so you actually use that weapon for a very long time. The other thing is there's a weapon called Dragon, and it's supposed to do like bonus damage versus dragons. Does not do bonus damage. It, there's just a lot of stuff like that that doesn't work in the original NES version. When they remade huh. it for PlayStation, they updated all of them, and they're incredibly good, um, which actually, oh, I might actually play it. I might actually play through that one. Um, the GBA like, version is pretty good if you're going to replay them. Oh, really? Is it different than the uh, Souls one? I don't... Um, well, that is the Dawn of Souls one. I don't know what the PlayStation version one is. I don't remember. I think that's Dawn of Souls. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they're the exact same. But the GBA okay. version has, like, bonus dungeon content. Oh, I might I, do that for sure, then. Yeah, it's uh, actually pretty cool. I think for every orb that you get, every orb you save, you open up a new uh, bonus dungeon. That's really cool. I really yeah, like that. It's pretty nice. I really, I like the, uh, I know this has kind of like become iconic anyways, but I really like the design of the, uh, Black Mage character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, friggin' Final Fantasy IX, dude, Vivi. Have you seen him when he takes off his hood in this game, Robert? No. Here, here, um, I just paste this in here. Oh, there it is. That's what he looks like tier two. That's what he looks like tier one. Oh shit, nice. <laughs> yeah, so, I read that the White Mage is actually a girl. Yeah, that's but always been the assumed thing. I, I thought that as well. I mean, look at that. Look at that jawline. That looks like, like a, a dude, dude to me. Like, look, that looks pissed. Yeah, a little bit. jawline, it's kind of hard to make work. Yeah. I feel like they got lazy with, oh, sorry, let me copy the image. I feel like they got lazy with the red mage. Like, look at this, this red mage. You're like, okay, I see he's got, he's got a leg going on I think, there. I think it looks cool. 
No, no, no. His secondary form. Look, they just like oh, lengthened oh, his leg. Like, look. <laughs> it looks like somebody uh-huh. photoshopped just, like used MS Paint and just stretched the image down. We'll Is call it good with this. Cape hanging down in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is really funny. Yeah, this is this is a really fun game. Like, <laughs> it's funny. Um, it is it is like I obviously have a lot of experience playing this. I've probably like I, so far I've invested like fifteen or twenty hours in this game seriously, and I'm only getting close to the second orb. This game's inc- much longer than I thought it was. The game definitely speeds up towards the end. Uh, I would probably say twenty five to thirty hours is I would assume probably the average for people. Um, but this game's very punishing. It's it's very difficult and it's incredibly frustrating. Like I said, save often, save save as much as you can. Make sure you have the appropriate items. Oh. One of the other frustrating things that the NES version has is when you're trying to buy heals, like the, the potions, um, let's say you need 99, which is the most you can hold. You have to go into the shop, hit, hi, I want to buy. I'd like to buy a potion. Yes, I'm sure. Hi, I'd like to buy. Yes, I'd like to buy a potion. And you have to do this. <laughs> oh, this yeah, you have to buy every single one. <laughs> now, this, it's not bad for the potion because guess what? It's the first slot. But if you want to buy peers, which are the antidotes, you have to go, hi, I'd like to buy a potion, or I'd like to buy an antidote. Yes, I'm sure. And you have to go down one every single time. So it's four buttons. And it's like, holy shit. So <laughs> I definitely turned up the speed for uh, buying items from the store. All right. So, so pro tip, turn tech speed up all the way. Oh, that too. But I also like sped up the game because it's an emulator. So you can – Oh, I got you. I got you. Times five or whatever. But yeah, it uh, it's pretty funny. There's, there's some really annoying little nuances like that, but – that game's pretty nuts. I'm a little sad that some of the items don't work properly and some of the spells, because some of the spells, like, I was like, ooh, what does fear do? And it's, like, supposed to make mobs run away from you? But it doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Or, like, it, it works on some weaker mobs, but it doesn't work on anything, like, past the very beginning, apparently. Anything important. Yeah. So. Okay. Which, that's probably the biggest problem with the game, is just that there are things that you get all these status spells, like, ooh, I can try and instant kill these enemies now that I have a level A black mage, and... He's got all the big spells. It's like none of this shit works. Yep. Instant death is worthless. Just take nuke and cast that all the time. Yeah, it's the unfortunate thing. But yeah, I mean, it's it. Uh, it was great. I mean, it still is really fun to do. It's just it's one of those games where you're like, you know, I just feel like playing a really simplistic RPG. You can throw it on and just start going. You know, kind of get through. Right. It. You don't have to like pay attention to the story and that kind of stuff. Yeah, the story is very very simple. I always love the Blake. Do you remember when you cross the first bridge and it does that cutscene? Yeah, it goes into that little anime. Yeah, like, what the hell is that? Like, I was like, what? It's so, like, I remembered it. Like, yeah. yeah. It's so random. And then Ooh. they do that again in Final Fantasy IV. Oh, do they really? I don't remember that. Yeah, if I remember correctly, there's a sequence in Final Fantasy IV very early on where it does that thing. You, like, go, you cross this one spot, and it goes into, uh, like, it's almost the same kind of shot. It might be right when you get back from the uh, airship thing. So. Oh yeah, I that... forgot about the sick, nasty airship music in this game. Oh isn't yeah. It, isn't it? Isn't it really good in this? I think. I By the way, the music in this game is pretty nuts. I forgot to talk about that. The, the music in this is actually re- pretty pretty good. Like the open world music's pretty whatever. It's just kind of general. When you get into some of the dungeons, like it. It's actually really well done. The, the, the Earth Dungeon, you're like, this kind of feels like an earthy kind of quake theme to it. And then you kind of get to the Fire Dungeon, it's more of like this hyper, fast-paced, like, I, I was really impressed with it so far. Obviously, it gets very repetitive when you're in the same dungeon for, for you know, an hour or so, but I was actually really happy with the music, especially for how old this game is. I right, yeah, I kind of felt the same way about Maniac Mansion, They're, the, sound, the soundtrack. Yeah, it's pretty good. And, and the ones with the limited resources. Yeah, yeah, like, it's so crazy to see that. 
Anyways, good game. Fun times. Cool. Uh, don't play Lion King or you'll fucking commit suicide. <laughs> oh, yeah, I looked up a thing since you asked about it, uh, what the odds were of each position to get hit. Position one in Final Fantasy One gets targeted 50% of the time. It is that high. It felt position like it two gets hit twenty five percent of the time, and position three and four both have a twelve point five percent chance to get targeted. That's really I, I like I thought about it this time. I was like I was like either the fighter just has a higher chance of getting hit overall, like yeah. they're like oh just focus the tank, right. or <laughs> it's the positioning because I was really really because oh, I forgot to talk about this as well. So very small nuances, but if a character gets poisoned during combat and let's say the battle finishes. Your posi- your character who has the status effect will automatically get dropped to the bottom of your list, uh, to position four. Oh, I forgot all about that. Yeah, and that's really obnoxious sometimes because it's like, oh god, the fighter's literally the one you want to get hit, and if he has a 12.5% chance, that's really, 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 really bad. The oh, funny man. thing is, um, I was doing one of the first quests, and you have to go get this chick's orbs, and there's these, there's these bats that are in her house, and you talk to them, they say, pressed, Press B and select, but they say this backwards. And I was like, okay. I was like, why, why the hell? The brooms like, that say that. Not the brooms. That's right. The yeah. bats just say key key. That's right. So you go outside. I'm like, okay. So I do it in the open world. It opens this detailed, not detailed, but it opens this map of the open world. <laughs> it takes a couple seconds to load, like uh, like you're watching <laughs> '90s porn on like a 256 uh, connection. <laughs> but it gives you like it gives you like blinking dots of all the major cities and like some of the the important places That's a very and stuff. Specific reference. It, well, I mean, everybody knows. Everybody knows that reference. <laughs> we can all relate to that. Um, yeah, like, did you play the sliding game on the boat? No. What? No. Uh, okay. So get on the boat, and then uh-huh. there's a button command. I don't remember what it is, uh, but there's a button command that you can do that pulls up a sliding mini game where you slide shift blocks around to pull up a picture. And if you finish it, you get like 200 gold or something like that. What? Really? <laughs> Let me try to find That's it really, really cool. quick. Okay, yeah, it's called the 15 puzzle. Um, secret minigame in the original Final Fantasy that can be played after obtaining the ship. The player must hold the A button while in the ship and press B several times until the game appears. It exists in every version of the original Final Fantasy. On the Nintendo version, you uh, press A, or hold, I guess hold A, maybe, and then press B oh, 55 times. What the hell? I can't do it right now because I'm in the middle of a dungeon. But <laughs> And it, it only rewards you 100 gil when you finish it. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's God, the graphics amazing. for this game are really pretty good. The newer ones? Oh, yeah, the GBA version actually looks really good. Yeah, I'm, like, looking yeah. at it right now. Like, it's pretty good. Oh, they made a PSP version that's the best. Wow, those are really good. So, Blake. Scrubs, white mage on top. What'd you play? Should we even talk about my game? We sh- we're already two hours in here. <laughs> you want to go... I, mean, I guess I'll yeah, try to I keep don't mine a little bit shorter uh, because I originally I was like, oh, I've got two games I could talk about a bit this week. But no, <laughs> no, I'm going to save one for the next podcast. No, we're not doing go. that because I haven't beaten it yet. So that's a fine excuse to not talk about it here. So instead, I will talk about Final Fantasy V. Because God forbid a <laughs> nice. podcast goes by without at least one of us, if not both of us talking about Final Fantasy So, uh, very recently, I think it was two Sundays ago now, uh, on the 11th, yeah, or, yeah, that's, um, or the, uh, the 12th, 
It was the 5th of the 12th. And uh, the four-job fiesta started up. This is an annual event for Final Fantasy V that the community holds to raise money for child's play. And what it is, it's just a limiting, specialized way of playing the game. So Final Fantasy V, normally, to explain it, is... uh, It's got some good points to the game. The fact that it's um, not got a very good story... I would say, and the gameplay is actually really cool. I was just talking about how in Final Fantasy 1, a lot of the time your status effect spells don't mean a damn thing. In Final Fantasy 5, however, there are quite a few bosses where you can really abuse them by clever use of some of the game mechanics. A lot of them actually get vulnerable to status effects like Mute, when you normally wouldn't expect them to be. They'll be vulnerable to things like Death, or to... Uh, to petrify, to break, you know, and you can, there are quite some times when you have to make good use of this in a non, uh, casual playthrough. So in a casual playthrough, you're going to have access to every character, every class that you unlocked along the way. Yes, I did say classes. This is one of the main reasons that I do like this game and why the gameplay is so (laughs) cool. It's a class driven system, which Jay and I have talked about how much we love those before, Final Fantasy Tactics, games like that, where you get to pick and choose these different classes and bring them in together to make something else. Final Fantasy V is the second attempt by Squaresoft of doing a system like this. The first one is actually Final Fantasy III, which was not originally released in the United States. Uh, Final Fantasy V wasn't as well, as a matter of fact, now that I bring that up. And this one is still a very rough entry into the idea. Uh, for... Example, in Final Fantasy Tactics, when you go into your class and you get to set your abilities, you have the abilities of the class that you currently are automatically equipped, and then you get to equip a second set of action abilities from a different class. So if you're a black mage, you can equip white magic in Final Fantasy Tactics. Then, in addition to that, you can equip a support ability. So you'll be able to uh, have white magic equipped with uh, only spending half of your MP You'll be able to equip a movement ability on top of that, where uh, you'll get to jump higher, you'll you'll get to move farther forward or something. And on addition, in addition to that, you will also be able to equip a reaction ability, where uh, if someone comes up and smacks you, you can counter and hit them with a spell. You can throw fire at them or something. Or wait, no, I think counter magic in that game you can only counter magic that was used against you. So if like someone casts fire on you, you can cast fire back, for example. However, in Final Fantasy V, they hadn't gotten that kind of variety figured out. No, instead what they do, you get your class ability, and then you have one ability slot for any other thing you want to use. Just one. So if you're a black mage, for example, uh, you can either have white magic equipped, or you can have time magic equipped, or you can have equipped shields so that your black mage can go around with a little bit of extra defense. But then they can only use black magic. And it gets, like, since we know where the series ends up going in the future with things like uh, getting the Final Fantasy Tactics, where you can have five different abilities counting your class's uh, original equipment or original equipped ability. This game is just like, no, you get to do one other thing and you better fucking like it. So (laughs) that can present an interesting challenge if you're doing a limiting run like a four-job fiesta. A four-job fiesta is a randomizer. Like a sex term. <laughs> That's what I had last night. Anyway, <laughs> uh, 
it is interesting because it's a randomizer that limits your selection of classes that tells you uh, you work on an honor system with this. And it tells you you're only supposed to use this and this and this. Uh, so there are four crystals in the game. There's a theme with the old Final Fantasies, if you didn't know that. And when you encounter these four crystals, the bad guy is trying to break them and you're trying to save them. Spoiler, you fail because you're heroes, quote, and you suck. So all of these crystals get broken, and every time a crystal gets broken, you get a new selection of classes that are specifically tied to that crystal. So what the randomizer does, it, it there's a couple different ways you can play, and I actually did two playthroughs of the game. Uh, the first type of run I did made it so that I could get any job that was tied to that specific crystal. So once I got the first crystal, which was the wind crystal, I went to the randomizer and it chose from either a knight, a white mage, black mage, uh, thief, blue mage, and uh, white mage or black. I think I don't think. What's a blue mage again? Is that a time? Blue mage is no, no. Time mage is a different one in the game. Blue mage learns enemy spells. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Blue Mage also happens to be the strong, probably the strongest single class in Final Fantasy V, if you're willing to put in even a little bit of work. If you know where to get some of their blue magic, you win. GG, it's over. Like I said earlier, a lot of the enemies in the game are susceptible to some of the status effects, and Blue Mage has a couple abilities that, if you know what you're doing, you can manipulate boss levels so that you can use level 5 death on them. And level 5 death, if something is a multiple of 5, Level 5 death will always kill the enemy. Like Final Fantasy 7. <laughs> oh, 4 death, oh, 3 death. Yeah, but in Final Fantasy 7, you can't manipulate enemy levels like you can in this. Right. Yeah, it's there's some ridiculous uh, setups that you can do to quick kill bosses with stuff like that. It's really dumb. Uh, so then on the second crystal, when I reach that one, I don't remember what classes that has, but whatever it is, uh, it chooses from that selection of classes. And then, uh, that was, so this was my first run. I had a thief, and, uh, no, I didn't have time magic my first run. I can't remember what the hell my first Final Four Job Fiesta run was. But it wasn't bad. Oh, that's right, it was a red mage. And then I got a ninja on the third crystal, and on the final crystal, I got a samurai. So it was overall a pretty decent party. What I was able to do is that the ninja scrolls in that game are pretty damn strong with a low magic stat. And then since I had a red mage, I was actually able to boost up my character's magic stat by equipping a red magic secondary ability. So my red mage and my ninja were able to throw scrolls at things and kill them pretty well. And uh, the next run of it I did was a different type of run. So the original run was a classic all-job selection. The next run I did was a regular uh, regular random run, so it was all jobs, and it was able to choose any class that I had unlocked up to that point. So, for example, on the first run, uh, I was only able to get classes for, when I rolled for my wind crystal job, I was only able to get wind crystal jobs. When I rolled for my fire crystal, I was only able to get fire crystal jobs. On the second run... Yeah, when I got up to the fire crystal, which is the second crystal, it was able to choose something from the wind crystal or the fire crystal. When I got up to the water crystal, it was a, oh wait, no, the water crystal is second, fire crystal is third. So when I got up to the fire crystal, the third crystal, it was able to choose something from the wind crystal, the water crystal, or the fire crystal as my class for that one. 
And so what you have to do as you're going through the game, you'll get assigned one job early on. And all of your characters will have to be that job. And then when you get to the second crystal, uh, you'll have to have one of each job. And then the other two characters can be either one of those jobs. When you get to the third crystal, you have to have one of each of the jobs that's been selected for you and one character that can be any of those three. And when you finally unlock your final class at the Earth Crystal, you have to have one of each job. And depending on which set of rules that you're running on that particular run, uh, there's like a dozen different ways, dozen varieties that you can use to change the way that your run is going to be played out. Uh, On the runs that I did, my characters were able to mix and match whatever abilities they have unlocked from the other jobs. And then if I wanted to, I could have them swap jobs around. So if I wanted one character to be the knight, but they were currently a time mage, I could have the time mage become a knight and the knight become a time mage for the time being. And have the knight later on go back to being a knight, but have high-level time magic. So what it encourages is uh, there are actually like hint guides out there that will tell you how to help you get through the game with the classes that you've been randomized. They'll say, hey, if you have a thief, you want to try and steal these things from this character in this area before moving on. If you have a time mage, this boss is susceptible to the stop spell, so you can just cast stop on him and win very easily through that. If you have a knight, you can use this strategy to basically nullify the enemy, the boss's damage entirely, things like that. And it's really fun playing through the game with a completely different set of characters and finding a way to best move on through the next area. I had a lot of fun with it. Honestly, I was very tempted to do a third playthrough. Uh, but there are so many other RPGs that I want to get around to that I decided, no, I need to step back and do something else with my time, at least a little bit. But uh, for anybody that does like RPGs, I and if you like class systems in your RPGs, J, cough, cough, uh, doing a four-job Fiesta run is a ton of fun. That really does sound like a sexual thing, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you for backing me up on that. Handjob Fiesta is what I keep hearing. <laughs> Four handjob Fiesta. Of course you are. Or rim job Fiesta, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So I didn't, I didn't know that. I watched you stream it a little bit. I didn't get to catch it much, but I really liked the look of the game. I didn't know if it was uh, I hadn't heard very. I've heard very little about Final Fantasy V in terms of like whether people like it or not. Some people do. Overall, it's not one of the better entries in the series from some aspects. The story is really bad. I don't. There are a few okay. people that uh, were in my chat and were like, "That's really not that bad. It just doesn't take itself seriously," which it's. There's just no merits to the story. You're literally fighting an evil tree that wants to destroy the world. That's your boss. Dude, that sounds awesome. It's cool, but it doesn't... It, there's, like, no weight to most of it. There's no I gotcha. tension a lot of the time, you know? Tension... It's not exactly what I'm going to say, but it's kind of the same idea. It just does not do much for me story-wise, character-wise, etc. It doesn't take itself seriously, and that's okay. But that doesn't mean that the story is anything to be excited about, either. The gameplay of the game, though, is very cool. Uh, it's got one, it's got a more refined class system than Final Fantasy III. It's got a lot of cool ways that you can manipulate bosses, ways to take advantage of them, finding out which bosses are vulnerable to some, certain status effects, and what the ways to take advantage of that is really, really interesting, actually. And that's what a four-job right. fiesta run encourages. <laughs> we had some good games this time. Yeah. So, yeah, for uh, once, you know, it's like, I fucking hate this game, I fucking hate <laughs> this game. Yeah, it's a Lion King. 
All like actual genuine classics too, not like this one came out like nine and a half years ago, but I'm gonna talk about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, so the next game I'll be talking about on the podcast that I have already started and have a opinion on, but I'm gonna wait until I finish it, even though I know my opinion isn't gonna change, uh, is gonna be Grandia two. For all oh, of you nice. old school JRPG fans out there. Oh shit. I've heard a lot of praise of this game, so tune in next time to find out. Uh, how much I did or did not enjoy the game. Oh, dude, you're going to leave us hanging like that. Yeah. That's a nice cliffhanger. Unless you watch my stream, twitch.tv slash lackaholicus. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Top threes. This was fun. Um, this was this a blast. Is, I, I had my whole was... house involved. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that sounds good. That sounds good. This is oh, I my list I'm happy with, but I'm not like, oh, my list is so good. So... Our top threes, we got two top threes this time because the show wasn't long enough to begin with. No, top three, this will go quick. This will go quick. Yeah. This will go quick. Top yeah. three, that was the best, idea anyway. <laughs> top three, best character names to name your kids after, and top three worst char- uh, video game character names. Sora. Sorry, what? <laughs> so uh, That's a pretty good one. You want to start off with best or worst? Oh, best, God. Best, best. All right. Best? All right. Okay, all right. Let's do best. Uh, let's just, for the sake of simplicity, let's go in the same order that we did to begin with. Um, I'll start off number three, best, Ryu. That's funny. Well, all right, I guess I'll throw... You know, I, I have five names here. I'll just say that that one's not on mine. Ryu is a great entry, and I'll let you try to explain why, Robert. Let's see if you're good at this. Oh, I don't have a really good explanation. I just think right, it's cool. Ryu's great two, there's probably more that I'm forgetting, but there are two great video game badasses uh, with the name Ryu. Ryu from Ninja Gaiden, Ryu Hayabusa, who goes around and cuts the crap out of giant demon monsters with a katana. And Ryu from Street Fighter, who uppercuts the crap out of people and is just overall a really honorable fighter type guy. Yep. There you go. End. Thanks for running it down for me. Yeah, like wait, wait, have a shit list, Robert. Whoa, <laughs> but bad reasons. Uh, Jay. Uh, number three, let's go with Cecil. Like, I'm sure you'll appreciate that. Cecil, see, I actually he didn't make it onto my list because how bad his name would be to pronounce to kids. There are people. There are people named Cecil. Yes, there's. A, it's an actual name. I'm aware, yeah. and it's an annoying actual name. I, like it. <laughs> I, 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 I was thinking of names like it wasn't more of like the badass. It's names that I would not feel bad naming my kid. That is how I went through this. <laughs> uh, Blake. Uh, fuck. All right. Uh, I was a little annoyed that every entry I was thinking of was male. And the one female name I could think of was actually a very normal female name, and I wanted to try and do something a little bit different. So, Laura Croft, you're not making the list. Apologies. <laughs> uh, instead, I'm going to go with Samus. I saw that on a decent amount of lists. Like, that's not I bad. About that. That's not yeah. a bad name. I like that one. Samus or Aaron for her last name. Because Aaron is another actual uh, name for males and females. And uh, I, if I you thought it was pronounced it, same, Is it? I've always said I don't, I don't about know. Final Fantasy X that's, or That's how I always Oh, you're talking about her last name, Aran? I'm talking about Metroid. Yeah, yeah, her last name is this. Isn't it Aran? Samus Aran? Is it Aran? <laughs> We're all pronouncing it different. <laughs> is it Aaron? I, 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 I would pronounce it. 
Iraq? I don't even fucking. I, I always, I always thought it was uh, Arin, but I, I mean, I don't know. That's just what I assumed. No, now you're thinking of Final Fantasy. R A R A N, huh? I always pronounce it Iran. Samus Iran. That's interesting. I didn't know there was. What is? Oh man, I, 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 okay. By the way, this list is great specifically because Google is great for this. Is it? Oh, it's just fucking hilarious. My votes go to Master Chief. That is literally somebody's response. It's the craziest fucking thing ever. Or the fox. <laughs> or player <My> two. <laughs> Somebody put player two. <laughs> oh my god, this is hilarious. This is like the most cringy fucking thing I've ever seen. Mine goes to Iroquois Pliskin. Oh my god. Is it my turn now? Uh, it's my turn. Number two. Rob's number two. This, this, this is my girl one. I was I was kind of like you, Blake. I was like, I gotta have at least one girl. I think this would uh, be pretty good. Uh, I'm gonna go with Aerith. Oh, I saw that on a decent amount of lists as well. I, I thought we're going for a female name. I, I really like Tara out of them. Uh, for Final Fantasy. I actually really like that name. I, yeah. like, I, actually really I was trying name. to go mostly with stuff that like wasn't already a fairly common name. Tara's a pretty common name. What the hell are you talking about? No, that's what I, I, that's what I said. I, I wasn't saying. going for that. I didn't. I didn't choose. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, what did you choose? I'm fucking out of it. Wait, what? Aerith. Oh, you chose Aerith. That's right. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, have re- I have a really strange headache. I'm just kind of out of it. That's all right. Uh, what was your number two? Uh, my number two is Gordon. It's for the fucking Half Life, dude. And that's, that's a very <laughs> that's common right. name. That's okay. That's cool. That's, yeah. yeah, but it's it's common, but it's like it's a good name. It's a strong name. Everybody yeah, can call your son the Free Man. Exactly. Dude, right. <laughs> I would probably change my last name, to be honest. <laughs> All right, Blake? Um, I'm going to save this one for last, and I'm just going to have a two-way tie for my number two between two badasses because nobody's going to want to fuck with your kid if he's named Kratos or Dante. Oh, <laughs> oh come on, dude. Oh, so cringy. <laughs> I hate Dante's an actual name, and I kind of like I know it. it is. That's what I'm talking about. That's the one that bothers me. Ugh. <laughs> Everybody I've ever met Dante is just a douche, dude. That is, that is on my other list, by the way. That's on my other top three. <laughs> That's uh, I don't think those are. I think those are pretty cool. I'm with, I kind of like. I kind of like. Ugh. Kratos would be a really stupid name, but <laughs> yeah. if you're naming your son after the god of war, I would hope that he'd fuck some kids up if they mess with him. At Watch, least. he's just a little like Dante really Dante. feminine. He's like he's like a huge nerd. <laughs> oh so god, the leading squad. Uh, right, real son. fast, any any honorable mentions? I got one. Mine is Ness. Wait, are we done? We're coming up on our number ones. Okay. Oh shit! Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I was like, wait, did I did I drift or did we skip? I no, I'm just an idiot. Ness is my honorable mention. That'd be kind of a fun must... thing to do in the future. Have our honorable mentions before our number one. Oh yeah, like right, we go into it. I think we we usually this that'll have been good this time. Usually we leave them out because there's a good chance that somebody else is going to talk. Oh, it's about an it. overlap, yeah. yeah. No, right. I have so many on my bad name list. This is going to be fun. <laughs> okay, well, my number one is Guybrush. I saw that. I actually saw that on a really? lot of lists I was looking at. What? Really? Seriously. That that was the one that I couldn't decide was going to be on my best or worst list. Yeah, it was on a lot of lists that I read. Like, not even joking. I can't believe there. This is a list that people have already done. Like, I don't oh, know. I know. It's well because like most of these threads start with, "Hi, so my wife gave me the liberty of naming my kid whatever I wanted, oh, no. including gaming names. What oh, should no. I name it?" 
And the recommendations are fucking hilarious. Like, I'm reading one right now. What we're... So funny. Oh, salt. Oh, there was literally one that was just Salt Snake. <laughs> there was one that was uh, Big. What's what's his name? Big Boss. Somebody's like, just name him Big, Big Boss. Boss. Just name him Big Boss. <laughs> the end would be a good one. All right, Blake uh, or Jay. What yeah, you... I actually I kind of thought of. Uh, I was like, David to name him after Solid Snake would be an idea. Yeah. Uh, so my number I... one was was Leon from uh, Final Fantasy. Hey, Solid uh, Snake's name is David. Yeah, he Is says it? that at the end of one of the uh, Metal Gear Solid oh, 1 endings. Jesus. Wow, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's the end of one of the Metal Gear Solid 1 endings, and he has that name because he's named after David Hayter. Okay. <laughs> Some of his comments are really good. Oh, damn. All right, go ahead and do your number one, Jay. Right. I already said it was, uh, it was Leon from Final Fantasy. Oh, right. Okay, you just didn't have anything else. Okay. Yeah. All right, so my honorable mention, now that I just thought of it, is uh, Ridley Scott. Ridley. Oh. Name him Wait. after Ridley from uh, Metroid. And then you get to... Oh, I was like, where did the Wait. Scott part come Wait. from? Wait, what? Well, Ridley in Metroid is named after Ridley Scott, the director of Alien. Is he really? Dude, that guy yeah. makes some sick, nasty movies. Oh, I didn't even know there was a character named Ridley in Metroid. How the fuck do you not know that? Because Metroid's hard. I didn't get very far. That is probably true. Uh, He probably got to the last boss and then quit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if he did, he would know who Ridley is. How do you not know the giant dragon? I actually didn't know its name either. That's funny. How do you guys not know that? Uh-huh. Who am I doing a podcast with? I thought the Metroid boss was a brain. All right, just stop. Now you got to stop. Oh, that thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. The giant lock. I thought his name was Ridley. Wait, Wrigley or Ridley? Like Ridley, Ridley Scott, you said? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's named after uh, Ridley Scott, who directed the Alien movies because of how much influence the Metroid series takes from them, the, those movies. <laughs> I, how do you guys not know this? I thought that was Dude, just... That makes sense. I just up. didn't know about the boss. I, I mean, I just like have never gotten to the boss or anything. Well, all right. Anyway, my number one, uh, I actually wanted to go with a normal sounding name for this one. Mac, a.k.a. Little Mac. Okay. That series. All right. That's not bad. Yeah. It's no guy. It's no guy brush. Yeah. Thank God it's not. Jesus. I don't want my (laughs) shit kicked out of him. (laughs) Uh, All right. Anything else there? Or are we going to go ahead and hit our worst ones? Yeah, let's hit up the worst list. And boy, do I have some honorable mentions for this one. I'm going to save them for uh, for right before my number one, though. Okay, I have I have surprisingly few. Uh, I don't really have any like necessarily good honorable mentions for this one. Like I don't know why, but I couldn't oh. come up with a whole lot. My number three <laughs> is exactly <laughs> what Jay said earlier. Sora. Dante. No, Sora. Oh, okay. It was it? Oh, it's for the bet. Wait, this is the where we've moved on. Worst. To okay, good. Okay, good. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> sorry, I went to the bathroom. I just got back. Uh, <laughs> Panic. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I'm really out of it right now. Uh, honorable mentions. My sister's boyfriend named his dog Crash because uh, he was a big fan of the series and, of Crash Bandicoot, obviously, and his dog was blind and deaf, so he would just crash into everything, like, constantly. It was fucking hilarious. Anyways, okay. so... <laughs> uh, three, 33 worst. 
Let's see. What's your number three on worst? Um, let's go with this one. So, this specifically, because I know a lot of people who have done this, uh, there were two people, really trashy-ass people I used to work with, that both both had uh, Zelda tattoos on the back of their neck, and it said, uh, like, around the edges of it, it said, learn to Triforce, and they named their child Zelda. The best part about it is, and this is why I think this name is, like, so Ugh. fucking trashy. Here's the best part about it. The girl of the relationship did not know that Zelda was a girl. <laughs> She was like, oh, if we have a boy, we're going to name it Zelda. I'm so excited. I love that series. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like. Wait she, had a Zel- wait, she had a Zelda tattoo, and she didn't know that Zelda was. Yep. Yep. And people wonder why we say fake gamer culture is a thing, you know? Yeah. Well, oh. they were both not the sharpest tools in the shit. Well, yeah. Clearly. By now, they probably have seven or eight kids, so yes. Wait, so they, so they had a boy and named him Zelda? No, I somebody corrected her. Um, I okay. they did name they had a Before daughter him. named Zelda. Uh huh. Okay, okay. Yep. Yeah, they did have a daughter and they named it Zelda or named hers. Oh, it, no, they named it Zelda. <laughs> okay. All right, my number three uh, is actually from a licensed game, but I'm counting it, and that would be uh. Noid, aka Noid of the old Dominoes. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what <laughs> character? Did you do you not know about Yo Noid, the Nintendo game? Oh God! Oh Jesus! I forgot this thing. Oh Jesus, dude! This thing. I remember in Family Guy when he kills it. God, avoid the Noid. Oh avoid God! Avoid the Noid, man. Order from Dominoes. Oh. Avoid the Noid. Look, 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 Robert. Look at this thing. Yeah, no, I know like, what, what the Noid is. No, but look at this picture of it. That's like. That reminds me of that like goofy. Uh, oh yeah, dude. Thing. Ugh. That's wait. This thing right here. This picture is not. Is that from the? That's not like from the commercial. Uh, is that's it? that's real life. No, I know, but it, okay. No, no, I know, but is that like somebody made a creepy ass outfit, or is that the official like the official commercial? Costume? I'm sure. Damn. Yeah. Avoid the noise. Yeah, that's it. That is. That, it's oh a surprisingly not awful game, but it's not good either. And man, can you imagine naming your kid Noid? That's not that. That's no. not a terrible name, but yeah, I would. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, it is. is. No, it's not that bad. I don't yes, know. Yes, it is. I think Sora is worse than Noid. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I might even go with. I would probably go with Sora as, as painful as that would be. Robert, right. your number two name. My number two. What we got here? Ah, here we go. Bobbin. From, Oof. Uh, Bobbin Threadbare from Loom. Oof, that is a tough name. Yeah. Yep. That's gonna get your kid beat up. That's gonna. That's yeah. You'll definitely be beat up. That, that's exactly what my thought process was. If your name yep. is Bobbin, <laughs> you're getting beat up on the playground. So my next one, I actually don't hate the name that much. It's just that a lot of people use this name, um, Raiden or Raiden. It's very. <laughs> I thought about that. Who uses that name? Yeah, no, oh, I don't name that. It's no, no, it's it's becoming really popular at like right now for people to name their kids. I know, know like you. Yep. Yep. Uh. Dude, just wait till you see all the new new age names, dude. Are you kidding me? There's it's, oh my god. The new names that are coming out of our generation, I'm just like, what? It, it's just nuts. Uh like Sora. Like Sora. <laughs> 
like yeah, that that I was go- I was going that direction, but not really because like some of the so some some of the people um are family members that have named their children things, so I don't want to specify. Okay, <laughs> that's why I'm being quiet. Uh, all right, anyway, Jay, you're number two. That was my number two. It was a, oh, uh, right, okay. right. Oh. Blake, you're number two. Hey, oh, that's me. Sorry. <laughs> uh, my two, we actually just mentioned this one in the chat, not just, but earlier. Uh, I've got to go with Pooh from Earthbound. Oh, dude, right? <laughs> what the fuck? Why is that name? What were they? I feel like a lot of people be like, "Oh, Winnie the Pooh, that's cute," and then you're like, "Oh, dude, like Pooh from Earthbound." I don't think anybody I would automatically think that's cute. This Pooh doesn't have an H in it. Hey, oh yeah, thanks, Blake. Because you know, when you say your name, you spell, you say the H. <laughs> when the ch- when the <laughs> reads it, yeah. Pooh. <laughs> kind of a poo candy ass piece of shit are you? <laughs> Kind of you know, I'm, I'm gonna raise some some weak ass kids. Don't you worry. <laughs> I would believe that. I'll be. All right. Is it time for number one? Yep. Number one. So our, so we're doing our uh, honorable mentions before number one is what you I, said, right? Okay. I would go ahead and do mine. The only I've only got two worth mentioning. Uh, or really only one worth mentioning. Uh, Bubsy. I looked at this list more of, like, cringy. That's why I think mine are kind of different than you guys. Like, I looked for, like, cringy things that people actually are naming their kids. I guess I should have, like, looked at it as, what are some of the worst fucking names you could possibly name your child? That's what I was thinking. Okay. My so, number... Cringy. Yeah. Huh? Sora is pretty cringy. Yeah, that is actually yeah. very cringy. That that actually... Yeah, I was thinking cringy on Sora, and then just, like, stupid as hell for these other two. Uh, my so, number one is Waka. Walk. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Walk, 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 walk. Uh, so my number one is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Robert. Well, I was walk gonna say like opens for, itself up to all kinds of getting the crap beaten out of you. Yeah. It, 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 so many jokes, and the name itself sounds stupid regardless, and then also the character that it relates you to. Yeah, I was gonna say, why would you ever want to name your kid? Like, would you want your kid to be like him? You're right. He's just a. He, he is. So his character is so a lot. Uh, jockish bully. He's a yep. total piece of crap. It's a very good number one. Yeah, I like it as well. I wanted to try and do something different with my list. So mine was what you guys said you guys really liked. <laughs> mine is Dante, specifically because I know, again, a lot of people who named their kids Dante after that fucking series. <laughs> I, I can't stand this name, like, for just a variety of reasons. I think it's just a terrible name. And I, I just hate it. I think it's really All cringy. Right. Wrong. All right. So my number one, uh, and uh, my honorable mentions. Oh boy, do I have a few here. Uh, the first one is an honorable mention because Gwyneth Paltrow named her kid this already, and that is Apple from Suikoden 2. She didn't name her kid after the oh, character. I was game, hoping. But it's a really dumb name. Yep. It's just a dumb, dumb name. My num- my next honorable mention is Boogerman from the Genesis. I saw that on a lot of lists. Boogerman. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, and lastly, uh, is from the game that I played this week, <laughs> Final Fantasy V's main character, who goes by many different names depending on which translation it is, but the best and worst translation of his name is Butts. B U T Z. We gotta let me just let me just interrupt real fast. Uh, we got some input and uh, the Vine method uh, at method Vine on Twitter. He sent in 
his I said I was like was asking if anybody had any recommend any uh, thoughts on this and he he only said Final Fantasy V butts for the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Great name. In different translations, it actually they make it Bart's instead, which is much more acceptable as a name for anyone anywhere than butts with one T at Z. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so my actual number one worst name is a terrible character and a stupid as fuck name, but I guarantee that there are some really weird people out there that would actually want to do this because Wait, this the is Sonic real? Kingdom this is... is insane. My number one worst name is Big the Cat. <laughs> <laughs> one of the worst adopt a kid, change his name. <laughs> one of the worst additions of a character to the Sonic series. And a terrible name in general, Big or Big the Cat. Either way, don't do this to your kids. Please Dude, I forgot that. that Ron Williams named his daughter Zelda. I completely forgot yeah. about that. I was just looking at lists. His oh, yeah. Daughter, I not his son. Right. <laughs> well, not naming. How, how, how the people... Civil Jeff eight sent us a tweet. He said, uh, he, he said, I send in an email as well, but shout outs to worst names, uh, Squall, Zell, Quistus, and every all name in that garbage game. Because of how yeah. much I hate him. And the, it's a dumb name. Yeah, it's, it's another dumb. very good honorable mention. That and Waka are probably my other two. Waka, Waka, Waka! Uh... All right. Um, so our next top three, I realized that it's time for this once again. You know what it's time for next time? Our annual top ten of 25 years ago. Is it really? Are you kidding me? I'm not even joking. Wow. Okay. Do we uh, want to do top five instead of top ten? No, I want to do top ten. Oh, okay. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. So let's uh, let's do this then. Your next game be needs easier. to be shorter. Yeah, next yeah, game no, needs we'll to be shorter. Not. Uh, yes, we'll have, uh, I, I promise to have a shorter game next time. I might already even know which one I'm going to do. Uh, so we'll all have shorter games, especially so me. Top 10 we, games that came out 25 years ago for any 19, system, obviously. Anything, 1991. 1991, obviously they're limited systems, but any system, okay. Well, there's, uh, there's, there's plenty. If you think Game Boy, Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, regular Nintendo, computer. Isn't that crazy, Blake? I still think 10 years ago was the 80s. (laughs) Like in my head. It makes no sense. I'm excited about this. I almost went ahead and started making my list because I really like it. I'm actually looking it up right now. I actually do too. It's interesting. Last time I struggled a little bit, but man. Okay, this is going to be. Oh, what? Oh, this is going to be easy. (laughs) This is going to be so easy. It's going to be hard to pare it down to just 10 games, it looks like. Uh, Yeah, I often have a hard time. No, the last time we did, I had trouble finding like 10 games that I actually felt passionate about. This is a good show. This one is. Really, I always always have to cut mine down. You obviously played a lot more games during that time, though, Robert. I mean, you're like, what, 30 years older than me? 40? 40 Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, 30 years older, yeah. Uh, oh my god, this, oh, this is easy. Um, so yeah, so send in your, <laughs> your you don't have to send in 10, send what? us house. send us all, any of your favorite, any number of your favorite video games from 1991 <laughs> to- What the fuck? This is a real thing! What? Uh, <laughs> Berlin Wall, the video game. What the fuck is this? This is a thing? It says Berlin Wall. the wall for profit. Yeah. <laughs> 
is a platform arcade game released by Kaneko in 1991. The player takes control of a boy who must use his hammer to break the blocks that form the platform <laughs> levels in each stage. These holes act as traps for many patrolling monsters. The, what the fuck is this? I'm Googling this. Oh, 100%. Someone has to play that for the next episode. One, two, three, not it. Not it. Not it. I don't have a computer. <laughs> Oh my god! What? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> as I was saying, what is this, dude? <sighs> okay, send us, send us your favorite games from 1991. You don't have to send us 10. Send us just whatever number you want. No, it looks like fucking Pikachu! What is this, dude? It's Pikachu, and the opponents are penguins! What? <laughs> Our email address is mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Man, you know something is wrong when Robert Ring, of all people, is like, okay, guys, let's move this along. I can't handle this. This is insane. The, 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 you fucking break it, and then they fall and turn into cake. What? There's been, what is this? All right, I'm closing it. Oh, there's Angry Birds, too. It looks there's like literally looks like- Angry Birds. <laughs> it looks like burger time, sort of like the like the gameplay. Oh my god, I can't handle this. I'm clicking off. Alright. Uh, what? <laughs> wow. Time for emails. You ready for emails, or do we? you want to talk about Berlin? Berlin? <laughs> uh, I'm ready for emails if you yeah, don't yeah, go, take go an hour that. to read them. If what? If you don't take an hour to read through them. I will do my best. Um, I know you won't. Let's see. First of all, uh, it's Bucky you fool said, finally, I hear about, this is just a tweet he sent. Finally, I hear about Valkyrie profile. I loved that game when I was younger, but stupidly traded it into GameStop. Oh. Oh. Uh, you know what they did with it? They used it as toilet paper and then threw it away. <laughs> they probably did. Yep, yeah, pretty much. What is this? Okay. Uh, on to emails. We got one, of course, from Chase the Night Cleaner. Oh, God. Did he like it? I haven't read it yet. Let's see. Subject line is top three ways to enrage your co-hosts. Hello oh. again. Oh. Uh, number one, be Robert, be Robert Ring. Ring. Oh! oh! I have a feeling that's pretty much where it's going, and I bet it has something to do with Honey Pop. Hello again, Robert J. and Blake. Thank you, as always, for your truly pristine pro- uh, podcast. And it's consistently solid coverage of hentai games. Uh, <laughs> also, thank you. For, <laughs> also, thank you for reading through my last email and providing thoughts on that tricky first world problem called not enjoying contemporary JRPGs. After rolling over what everyone said, presently I believe I just am not able to dedicate the right amount of time and focus required to become invested in new JRPGs. For me, I'm lucky to find more I'm lucky to find more than an hour for single for a single game sitting with most of my gaming occurring in 20 to 3 20 to 30 minute spurts. Mix that with the fact that I am tired all the time and you get the idea. I think you all hit on some very great points that I'll definitely consider before p- approaching a new JRPG again. Also right. huge props. Yeah. Yeah. Also, huge props for Blake and his exploration of the significance of imagination during play. That was something I hadn't even thought about. It's kind of weird how much voiceovers, especially in JRPGs, 
have really altered how the audience receives the story of a of a game. I think that's a good. I think that was a good point as well. I it's I'm something si- that I've thought about for a long time. Like when I I guess that for me it started when Final Fantasy X first came out. I've talked about the voice acting in that game before and how it really ruins the element of the game. And ever since then, it's been something that as games have developed, I've kept my eye on that I've tried to think about for the last, uh, God, when did Final Fantasy IV come out? About 15 years? Final Fantasy IV? Or, uh, four, or ten. ten. I wrote down, I was looking at Final Fantasy IV. Uh, yeah, I feel like ten is like 11 oh. or 12 years old. Is it only? No way. It's got to be older than that. Maybe not. I might be wrong. I don't know. Anyway, I'm going to say yeah. 13. It's something I've thought about for a long time. It came out in uh, 2001. Okay, so, so 15. Okay, so years. 15. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Damn, and nailed it. <laughs> uh, I'm saying right now I could have done without the voice. <laughs> Here we go. Titus, Waka, or Sora. Am I right? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty bad. In the, the remix of it, it was definitely yeah. better, though. This, the voiceover was? Yeah, like the, sorry, the lip sync. The, the voiceover is still Oh, the lip sync, okay. It was probably the same voiceover, I imagine, right? Yeah. I think it's like a little bit cleaned up, but yeah. Next up, Robert. Sometimes it is wise to understand the emotional, <laughs> the emotional <laughs> triggers of your co-hosts. And like, the still upset. That you've done. Oh, hell yeah, I am. I'm going to stay upset. I'm not letting this one go. Over the course, wait, upset about what, Honey Pop? Is that, is that what we're mad about? Yes. Just everything okay. of you everything, in the gotcha. previous episode. Over the course of this podcast's vast and highly professional history. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now God, we're jokes. There have, there have been times when you, in parentheses, Robert, have successfully distressed your fellow co-hosts. <laughs> Here are my top three instances. <laughs> oh my god! I love this guy. <laughs> In no particular order. I think I can picture all three of them already. I know what my top three are, I think. <laughs> top three things that really bug Jay and Blake. <laughs> A. Talking, in parentheses, at length about Metal Gear Solid. There it is. Yeah, that one coming up. My number one. He says, see also early episodes of this podcast. <laughs> Talking, in parentheses, at length, about hentai games. <laughs> see also last episode. Uh, last one. Talk- right. uh, can I take a guess at what this one is going to be? Yeah, go ahead. There's two, there's two things here. <laughs> My runner-up choice would be wondering about the thing giving us a hand job. Oh, yeah. No, that didn't annoy me. That made me laugh really hard. That just confused me. Uh, but my number one would be talking at great, great, great length about Kingdom Hearts. Oh, yeah! I was thinking, oh, my God. Jesus. Oh, my God. Jeez. I could just set that as my alarm and I'd wake up every morning. This fucking game! <laughs> All right, what was his actual number? The last actual one is talking at length about female characters from video games you are attracted to. Yeah, that did get a little bit weird. Yeah. The hottest problem ninja episode. That's what was weird about it. You just That was a really fun episode, but man, there were times when I was like, holy shit, you have thought way too long about this. <laughs> I thought I thought the last one was gonna be Monkey Island like maybe talk about Monkey Island. Monkey Island is a great game and I can actually get behind that. Not that I don't think Metal Gear Solid is not a great game, but Jesus. Yeah. 
like a fucking fangirl. <laughs> this discussed the about better about mostly because everybody, us included, bitched you out about it for like a half <laughs> a year straight. It's true. And I and I ran out of things to say too. <laughs> Don't worry. The above. After next year, you're gonna replay one of them and rediscover <laughs> your love. Probably, yeah. Uh, I still haven't played any of the new Metal Gear Solid games. So just wait. You can't talk out. about them, so it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> hey, we got the, we, we got we got a little something called the current gaming subcast. That is a five minute time limit. We. <laughs> <laughs> Discuss the above items at your own risk, even though doing so makes me laugh very, very hard. Dude, oh my god. Like, thank god Kingdom Hearts wasn't on that list. Yeah, if you have not heard that, go listen to that. that that'll that me more than that. That was episode... That was 40 or 50... Was it over an hour? Oh, or... it was so... It felt like a day. Like, just a day of you talking about it. And, and the best part was, like, even when you got done, you were like, oh, I'm so done talking about this. Oh, one more thing. And we'd be, like, halfway through the pie. Oh, yeah, one more thing. The next day, you, like, text me. Oh, yeah, I forgot this. That's episode nine, by the way, if anybody wants to check it's it out. That, it was, it like, was that old? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. It was, when, yeah, that it was, was like, more that was actually one of the first, like, that was like, I mean, besides uh, me going on forever, that was the first episode that actually came out pretty good. It wasn't just like, us yeah, not knowing right. what the it's fuck what, was going it's on. It's what sucks that there was that hour-long yeah. rant about King <laughs> The rest of the episode. What episode is this? Okay. What number is this? This is 61 right now that we're doing. Okay, Jesus. Oh, oh, we're getting close. Eight, eight more. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> All right. Next up, top three character names for kids, best and worst. Best. Number three, Dante. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kill yourself. Just a cool name. Historic or, literary or kind kid. of – Historic literary kind of edgy, just a decent name. Two, uh, he says this is from Final Fantasy IX. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correct. Vivi or is it Vivi? Vivi. Maybe. Yeah, the black mage. I thought about that as well. It's cute, but it <laughs> like kid get beat up. Maybe for a girl. It, it would be a girl, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Because do they ever explain the sex of him and that? I don't or him or her. Uh, I, I don't. I think they joke about it at some points, but I don't think they ever outright say yeah, if it's boy or so girl. Long. Yeah, that's a good game. It's a really good game. You're a unisex, cute potential for great power. Yeah, unisex. I agree. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd be unisex. I just wouldn't want to name my son that. Number one. No, it so it, what? Go ahead, go ahead, get it. Sorry, number one, uh, Samus. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Go. Unisex, as far as I'm concerned, strong sounding comes from a source that a child can be proud of. Yeah, I'd say that does uh, that works unisex. Yeah, I think so that's, too. Uh, that's a very big part of the reason that everyone thought uh, in the original Metroid. When it was such a shock that Samus was actually a female. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's actually that's a really good point. I only found that out when I beat it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Well, that's how most people – well, unless like you just heard about it from your friends. But that's how – I mean, Was it was in the booklet? Out. I thought it was in the booklet too. I could be wrong though. No, I think the mm, booklet, think so. if anything, refers huh? to Samus as a male. Okay. Oh, really? It's either a male or completely non-asexual. Gotcha. Worst, number three, Waluigi. <laughs> just a very, just a very oh awkward gosh. name. Love the character, but would not love a child with his name. Or even Wario, dude. I guess Wario, eh, close to Wario. Looking know. at Waluigi in his crib. Waluigi! I'd want to punch you in the face and you're a baby. Yep. What's wrong with me? Fucking lengthy little read. 
That's a good Mario. <laughs> Number two. Dude, those games are such a trip, the Warrior games. You guys you guys need to get drunk one night and play those games. Those <laughs> games will leave you questioning every life decision you've ever made. Those games are freaking nuts, man. They're very weird. I've played the Wii one. Yeah. It's just so fucking Like, if you've played the the newest uh, Super Smash Brothers and the Wario, or the Wario level, that yeah. level just gives you everything you need to ever know about that, that concept. The Game Boy Advance one is supposed to be really good. Well, I don't think those that's ones are that weird. Game. That's yeah, like that's a platformer. Platformer. Well, sorry. but it's all, but it's got like it's got like motion control in it. Oh, maybe it is weird then. Maybe I'm wrong. The GBA. Like, they, yeah, they they oh. they put it in the actual cart in the game cart. So like when you tilt it, the game cart can tell if you're tilting it. Oh. That's, that's still that's... that's not even close to what makes the Wii and the Wario Wear that series specifically. That's yeah. It. Oh my god, those Warrior are a trip, okay. dude. Yeah. The WarioWare games are really out there. Cool. Wait, what, 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 what platform were those on? Um, it's one of them is on the Wii, and I don't know where the others are. Uh, Game Boy Advance, GameCube, I'm looking at them right now. Yeah, these games are friggin' nuts, man. Number two, from the Legend of Zelda, fran- from the Legend of Zelda franchise, Tingle. Oh, Not a strong... <laughs> oh, I'm so triggered right now. Yeah, me too. Oh, <laughs> my God. That's upsetting. Oh, man. That character. Oh. Not a strong name, not a proud name, and, hey, o- listen. and only a syllable or two away for, from another word for pissing. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. when he said only one letter, Only one letter away, as a matter of fact. And his number oh, one I, is butts. I wanted to try and get <laughs> sound effect. His number one is what? Butts. Butts, yeah, yeah. Naming your child this will result in years of therapy due to schoolyard ridicule, which is the best case oh, scenario. Why would I do that to myself? I pulled up a clip of Tingle. Wah! Which one? Which one is Tingle from? I don't remember him. Let me. Oh, he's the he's the map salesman. Yeah. For what? For which game? What? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, oh, Majora's is... Mask. Oh, yeah. okay. I haven't, I haven't played this one. It's a good game. He's in Majora's Mask and then a few of the games after that one. He's in Wind Waker and probably the some of the handheld ones. I don't know. Wow. So he actually made it past one game? Oh, yeah. He's become a series character. If he's in Breath so of the Wild, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> there you go. You said it's so uh, dark uh, there. Lastly, I have I've got a personal question for y'all, but first a bit of a build up. You seem like guys that sit in front of computer Long. screens every now and again. Oh, oh, that part's right. What? Nope. My my office chair is dying, and I was wondering oh. what you guys use and if you have any recommendations. Oh, I always I just got lucky. Max, I couldn't tell you any branding or anything like that. Yeah, same here. I I think I actually got mine literally from Office Max also. Uh, I bought a DX Racer was, a couple years ago. They're, I've had it It's probably, pretty legit, actually. You have what? I it, what? A DX Racer. I <clears throat> I wouldn't. I thought about buying one for a long time, and then I got a sick discount, and it was on sale. So I was like, I'll give it a shot. The the thing is, like, if you are heavier, not just because you're overweight, because you're taller, these chairs are great. Because like I'm six one. And wait, I'm wait, like, wait, 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 stop, stop for a second. If you're heavier, what? not just because of weight. 
Well, or, 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 I mean, like being fat. That that's more what I meant by that. Like, it, it, if you're fat too, it, it, it's not a bad thing because there's a lot of chairs that will say they do not support weight above X, Y, or Z, and so that kind of limits what you can purchase, and usually will cause you to, to cause wear and wear and tear very quick or quicker on chairs. These chairs uh, but are pretty I, sick, but they're expensive. Yeah, they are. It, uh, like, just honestly, wait till Black Friday, buy the cheapest one. That's what I did, and this one so far I've had for. Almost two years, and I've, they're incredibly comfortable. Because I, I, I sit in front of my computer for, especially since I worked from home for a year and a half, I sat in front of my computer for 16 hours a day, and I was not going to sit on some you know shit chair and ruin my back or yeah. you know, be in pain. But it's pretty damn great so far. Most of the things I've seen in esports where people are like, oh yeah, I'm you know sponsored by this company. I'm like, yeah, whatever. This is one of the ones where I'm like, all right, I, I can get behind this. Like, you know, 180. I think mine was like 180 at the end, which is pretty good these look pretty sick actually no i want one yeah because i'm the same way because i work because i work from home yep so i'm so i work all day sitting at my desk and then when it's time for me to chill out then i stay at my desk and play video video games on the computer the cool things too is it lays completely flat so if you just want to like watch something like on your computer because i keep it upright for good posture um it's been pretty good. Oh, the other thing is, um, the way that I, the, w- the way that I got my brothers is I waited for a liquidation sale from one of the esports teams. They were basically like, hey, we're bankrupt. We're getting rid of shit. I just went on there and bid for the, for their chairs that they barely use and got one. And it was like, I think it was like $60 or something, $70. So be on the lookout for that because these are, you know, three, $400 chairs. So um, that's, well, that's $600. Yeah. Jesus. So we don't really know much besides unless you're willing to plop down. A good amount, yeah, or like you said, bit. wait for a sale. But so these are these are pretty comfortable and, and give you good posture and stuff, Jay. So yeah, me, both my roommates and my brother have one now, and because I, I I went through chairs really really quick. The only chair that actually lasted me a long time was six hundred and seventy dollars from Costco. I bought like holy shit, probably like eight or nine years ago. Yeah, it was when I was playing WoW like like semi professionally. So I was I was on my computer all day, and I dropped like a lot of money on it it lasted a long time it had a really good warranty it lasted like six or seven years which is not bad because you know you can drop 120 dollars on a on an office max computer chair and it'll break within a year you know what i mean either the arms will break off or you know you'll break the post at the bottom or the wheels will break and snap and all that shit and i was just getting so tired of spending you know 100 bucks on a piece of shit chair so i dropped a lot of money on it i got a chair that was uh Marked at 200 and I got it for like 120. It was on sale. I, it's an office max chair. I've had this thing for two years now, I feel like, and it's great. It still works super great for me. Yeah. I, I think the biggest thing is I'd put more money down onto it. Buying a hundred dollar chair is not going to cut it. Like, like, Blake, like Blake's even talking yeah, about. Yeah. You want to aim for something around 200, that kind of price range. If you're go- wanting to get a good chair that is going to last you a while, that is going to be decent. You have to uh, that's where I would aim. I'm glad. Actually, I'm actually kind of glad we had this conversation because now that I think about it, I could really use a new chair myself. I've had this one for a really long time, and the leather is starting to kind of tear and stuff. And Black uh, Friday. the warranties on these chairs are pretty good too, by the way. Oh yeah. The, the X-ray Yeah, it's like it's it's not wear and tear, but if anything breaks within the first, I think it's the first two or three years, they'll just replace it. So like if something manufactured goes oh, wrong. Oh shit! With nice. It. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty cool. Non-wear and tear, though, so for obvious things. How much is uh, DX Racer giving us to, to say all this? Uh, nothing. But the chair's pretty oh. comfortable. The pillows so can, are nice, too. comes with two pillows. I can, I can edit this part out since they're not paying for it, right? I can just cut it That's out. That's fine. Okay. Uh, and then 
It says, how much would you, how, how much would you spend and what do you like to sit on? So we kind of covered that. How, how much would you guys? I would say 200. Up? At least yeah. 200. At least that's 200. Probably so that's where you're going to start getting better quality. Most, around. most of these are around three, it looks like. Like 289 is the cheapest one I'm, I'm seeing. Black Friday, you'll see them drop 50 to $80 easily, uh, for you most pay, of them. Do you say, do you think, would you think they're worth 300? Uh, mine was marked at 320, I think, and I got it for 180. Um, yes, absolutely. Like the, I would probably say anything over like 350 though is not worth it. It's just for the, it's for whatever reason they're just you know marked higher. Make sure okay. you read like depending on your height and weight which one you're getting to because there are certain ones they'll tell you if you are this height this weight it's not going to be, it's not going to be that good for you because it may end up breaking or just not be comfortable. They've got like <laughs> thick ass color combinations too. Mine is actually this is funny. This is mine right here. But yeah, mine is orange and black and gray. It's pretty pretty nice. nice. We're happy with it. Let's purchase. All right. Uh, and that's it for me, gentlemen. Keep up the great work and keep doing what you do. As always, it's fun to listen to. Cheers, Chase the Night Cleaner. Cool. Thank you, Chase. Yeah, thank you. We got we got one more. We got one from Jeffrey. Oh, yeah, we did. It's been a, it's been a while. We've been waiting. We've been, it's been building up. Hi, Jeff. Is, hey, Jeff. Follow Jeffrey at syfljeff 8 sifl uh, Jeff number eight at Twitter. He says, Hey dudes, sorry for the lack of emails between work and having two little kids. I have very little free time to sit down and toil over a masterfully written contribute contribution to the show. I've set the bar so high for myself. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm looking forward to the rest of this and I don't want and to honestly, let I hope it's just, hi guys. Just saying, Hey, <laughs> the end. I've set the bar so high for myself and I don't want to let any of you down. Lately, I've been playing Dark Souls for the first time. I, I beat it blind and solo and loved it. Damn. Nice. That Damn right, nice. no summons. I, re I replayed it from the beginning with the goal of staying in human form close to 100% of the time, and it was Ouch. so much easier the second time around, but enjoyable to team up against bosses and deal with invasions. Cool. That's pretty, that's pretty awesome. On my top, th onto my top three. Best names. Number three, Samus. <laughs> my, <laughs> my second son is named Samuel, and I like the name Sam for a girl or a boy, and Samus is unique without being weird. That's, that's, I like that. That's a good, I like that reason. Yeah. Uh, number two, Isla. Another, or Ayla. Is it A-Y-L-A? -A? Is it Isla or Ayla? I think it's Ayla, probably. Yeah, I too. I, probably Ayla. I like that name as well, yeah, actually. I saw that. He says, another dope girl's name. Number one, Thunder God Sid. I tried to get my wife to go along with this. Hard to believe she wouldn't agree to it. Imagine if your name was, <laughs> imagine if your name was Thunder God. You would pretty much have to be a badass. That's true, like, that kid. Thunder God, get down here! <laughs> <laughs> he just comes down the stairs. As soon as you say his name, you're like, oh, God, what have I done? What have I just summoned? <laughs> I mean, God, I'm kind of surprised that both of us, Jay, for not thinking of it, but Sid would be a pretty cool name for a kid. Yeah, it actually did come through my head. It's a, a good bit. name, and there are a few people that it's tied to that aren't absolutely awful. Uh, <laughs> mostly Thunder God Sid from Tactics, so... Um, I actually thought about that one, but then I was like, I was, then I was trying to stick to like, not, you know, somewhat common names still. 
Number three, or then he goes, and then he says, worst names. Number three, Gannon. I was the one who emailed that I know a douche who named his son Gannon. Uh, the kid, the kid uh, was a soulless ginger too. On top of that, oh poor, Jesus, that poor kid. That's what he said. Poor kid doesn't stand a chance. His parents didn't even give him the slightest chance. Jesus. Number Harsh. two. Number two. Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> Second best name for a hedgehog behind Blake. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Second worst name for a child. <laughs> no, that's a good one. I can't believe I didn't think of that one. Number one, <laughs> number one, Qbert. <laughs> oh God! Oh, that's just wrong. This is a good list. Bert isn't a great name. Qbert flat out sucks. Not to mention you have a fucking asterisk in your actual name. <laughs> Jesus. God. Total garbage. That is a good list. I also love how Samus came up like six times. Seriously, everybody wanted that one. I always enjoy the show, even when I'm getting called out by Charlie later. Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, son. Alright. I think we might have a, I think we might have a, a battle brewing up. Cripple fight. Send in your emails to mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. <laughs> Just about whatever you want to talk about. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter at classgamescast. You can send us little, you can send us little notes here and there if you want to. Or you can send us a big fat ass one at mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Yeah, big, whoever's yeah just there, mail us a big fat ass. Please just send us a big fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> don't do 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 the uh, I think that does it we can talk you just want to skip the current gaming subcast this I time? haven't really been playing in anything new so I don't have anything to add to that Jay you have anything no alright well then I'll just say one thing because I, I can just say this real quick I played uh or I fin I've I finally one hundred percented Rayman Legends. Nice. That's kind of fun nice. with that. Yeah. And uh and besides that, the only other one is I finally played her story and uh I really enjoyed it. It's nice. not a not a very long game, but I will I'll say it it does some really, really unexpected things as far as like what you what you want out of the game will change as you're playing the game. And I don't want to say anything else without spoiling it, but uh, it really drew me in in a way that I was not expecting it to. Hmm. So check out her story. Very interesting game. Very uh, unique game. Besides that, I think I think this is an episode. I think that's rap, boys. Good job. Good girl. <clears throat> uh, I do have one quick question for anybody... Who wants to send in their suggestions? I'm thinking about getting a new retro system. If you have any suggestions, send them in and let me know what you think I should get. I'm kind of leaning towards one of three things. Either a, either an Atari 2600 or a Sega CD or an Atari Jaguar. Wow. Yeah. Sega I'm thinking CD. about it. For what, all 12 titles? <laughs> exactly. 
If you have any so thoughts, I, I don't trap for the podcast. I'm down <laughs> Oh, Isn't I mean, that what Atlanta. Plumbers Don't Wear Tie was for? Oh, no, was the, that was the other one. That was, that was, that was a 3DO. Yeah, 3DO. That was 3DO. Uh, Night Trap will be the first one for sure. <laughs> but if you have any thoughts, I, I'm kind, I'm, I don't know. I'm maybe kind of leaning towards Atari. Who knows what will happen, though. If you have any thoughts, send them to me, and I'll take them into consideration. I want to hear what you what you think. And I think that does it. Cool. Yay. I'm going to go Goodbye. lay down because I'm very loopy. <laughs> See you guys enjoy. in two weeks. My pizza just got here, so I'm out. Dude, enjoy your pizza, Blake. Nice to, yeah, nice I will. Good luck with the stream, man. Good luck with the stream. Hey, thanks, man. You really are out of it. I am really out of it. I guys have no idea. It's been getting pretty good. Like, the first 20 minutes, I was almost about to just leave because I was feeling that out of it. <laughs> I'm out. I was about to just message you guys and just be like, I'm leaving. I, I'm just really out of it right now. I don't know. All right. That's I'm okay. going to go. All right. All right. See you guys in two weeks. <laughs>